Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark 158 of Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse. My name is Greg. I am the Bat Daddy 52. And folks, we got to have a discussion this week about the way movies portray certain things, especially bulletproof vests and snapping necks. Like, I just, <laughs> I think they got it wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think they got it wrong. We're going to see. Ross, what's up, man? Not a whole lot, man. Saturday night. I'll take a little yeah. break for going to see a movie last night, which, you know, it was Veterans Day, so. Worth it. Most people had a chance to actually go see it. I don't know about your theater. Mine was pretty full. I know you went a little bit later. I did go later, but mine was still full, surprisingly mm-hmm. enough. Like, uh, I actually looked at all the tickets everywhere, and I uh, there, there were almost no tickets in any later showing of, of Friday night or last night. So it was kind of crazy. I never see that. But then again, I do usually buy tickets for these movies well in advance. I just didn't for this yeah. one because I was going to a wedding yesterday. I didn't know what time I was going to get out, if I was going to make it or not. So, But I made it work. Which, by the way, <laughs> that is part of my issue today, is that I forgot this is a two-hour and 41-minute movie. <laughs> and I went to go see it at 10.30. So if it's a 10.30 airtime, that means it's not going to really start to like 10.40. And then you go through 10 minutes of preview, so it's not going to start to like you know, 10.50. So you're getting close to 11 o'clock before it starts. Then two hours and 41 minutes in. And then you got to sit through at least the mid-credits to see the mid-credit scene. And then I had to be at work at 6 o'clock this morning. So it's, it's, it's been a... <laughs> It's been a really long day because of that, but it was worth it. Well worth it. Well, well worth it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Black Panther, but I think we're going to save that just in case Sarah wants to hop on. I know she's feeling a little under the weather. She's kind of taking the night off, but we may get into the Black Panther talk and she may start feeling well enough to want to throw in a thing or jab or two there. So, but we do have a lot of other things to talk about. We got uh, Andor, Titans and Peripheral all this week. So, yeah. And not only that, like it was a, it was a real slow news week. So, there's not really even a whole lot there. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of cool with the level of things out this week. Like, I've got a good number of shows. I've got a good mm-hmm. movie to watch this week. And I don't have a ton of news or big things happening that I have to worry about, at least in my point. Well, okay. I will say, <laughs> and I don't want to put this out there, um, not so much news, but, you know, I will uh, pay my respects to Kevin Conroy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the bat, the voice of Batman, uh, got this news. I think it was yesterday. Got this news. I'm not really sure, but either way, it sucks. Uh, it always sucks when you lose a hero like that. And I will, will you know, pay my respects to him for that. So, in the news cycle, that's really the only thing that I've seen huge it, lately. He, that was a young age too, man. I mean, what 66. Did you said 66. Yeah, yeah. like, ooh, the well, man's cancer. The man's just got a voice. Yeah, he does. And, you know, I hope that, uh, like you said, cancer will do that. I hope that. You know, his family and, you know, he already kind of, you said you pinpointed a, a uh, foundation that he was already trying to create and get up and going. So, mm-hmm. you know, all I can say is when you get a chance, get to the doctor, get yourself checked out. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not nope. worth it to not, not, not get checked out at least. So Especially I'm not, not like saying that he so didn't or anything by any means. I don't know. But just for anybody in the future, just definitely. You know. yep. um, yeah, everything else is real weak. I mean, we got um, uh, Andor. Starts filming on the 21st, season two. Nice. So we'll jump into Andor, but uh, just before we do, that's a little bit of news. Um, it's ironic because they're doing it right before Thanksgiving. I, I believe this is probably just going to be a real quick like uh, production check and make sure that everything's up and ready so that right. you know if they start shooting between the holidays, then you know they're kind of ready to go and no one's kind of lollygagging before Christmas. So that's mm. all that... Uh, the Acolyte news came out, which I don't know how familiar you are with the Acolyte show. Not at all. As the so the, the casting list, uh, I sent you guys to check out. You know the biggest name on it was Carrie Ann Moss. 
And okay. there's a whole lot of people that are doing a whole lot of other projects that we're all interested in. But clearly she was the name that kind of took everyone by surprise. Carrie and, is Trinity. Yep. Bah, make sure I make sure I got the right name with the right face here. Yep. That's it. They they released a little little tidbit about it, um, saying that it's gonna we all knew it was gonna be a mystery thriller thriller. But uh it's supposed to be going two hundred years, I believe, before the Phantom Menace is what they were saying. And it's basically rough to, it's a rough project talking about the reemergence of the Sith. So I'll be yeah. interested to see. Yeah, you piqued my interest. You said, yeah. huh? I, 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 that's why I wanted to bring it up. There. I was like, wait, huh? what? No, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, Their official release was, it was a former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated, which means that it's the emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era, which is where they're at in their comic books and everything else. Okay. They're, they're new, the series that they're in right now. So it sounds like a merging project that will help tie these two universes, not universes, but timelines together mm-hmm. or eras together. And I hope it does because maybe it will perk my interest in the High Republic stuff a little bit more. I've had a real tough time getting into that. I was going to say it's, it's going to make kind of force me to have to read them. To, mm-hmm. to be truly honest with you, like if if I want to say that I, you know, I'm a Star Wars fan, like more than the average Star Wars fan, I had to do more than the average Star Wars fan work. And I read a lot of Star Wars books, but uh, those High Republic books, man, just haven't done it for me. Uh, yeah. You know, but I mean, I'm coming off Bane and Throne once again, which are amazing books. Not saying that the High Republic ones aren't, but just they were just amazing books. And I've also been wrapped up in um, these Game of Thrones books lately. I've got yeah. one chapter left in Fire and Blood, and then I start. It's uh, it's I think I think it's double barrel fatigue. You know, we got too much other stuff to check out. Not only that, but we're all kind of fatigued on Star Wars a little bit. But if you're not fatigued on Star Wars and you actually finish Clone Wars, uh, they're releasing the Clone Wars full size helmet. Oh, so nice. uh, if you're lacking in the helmet category, you need another one. That's not going to be a problem for me very soon, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'll be able to have whatever helmet I want pretty soon. It's going to be as long as I can do the paint job. It's going to be pretty nice. So we'll see. Um, yeah, so that's it for news. Yeah, I mean, Momoa made a bunch of ripples. Chris Evans made Sexiest Man Alive. and Which, once again, they're just picking off the entire MCU cast, right? Uh, Ant-Man, uh, Idris Elba. Like, uh, who, they, it's, it's been all MCU characters so far. So, huh? whatever. I mean, look at them. Uh, they... I mean, yeah, it's like, I can't argue the point, right? I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. It's just, funny. Yep, there you go. So... Uh, all right, well let's uh, let's hop into a show then, man. Let's uh, let's do peripheral since we don't know if Sarah's coming on later or not. And I know this is a show she's not watching, but you and I are. Let's uh, yeah. let's hop into peripheral real quick, which is an Amazon Prime show. We are in episode five now, which is halfway through. Correct? No, uh, it's eight episodes. Eight I episodes had to correct myself that last time. Okay. Yeah. So we are starting to talk about the halfway two episodes, four and five. So we have jackpot, and what was the other one? Uh, what about Bob? What about Bob? Okay. So I know last time we left off, it was up to the first three episodes, and I was, was mentioning how we're finally starting to get a little more meat on this bone, you know? But, like, they, they keep bringing things up, like Jackpot and everything else, and you're just asking yourself, like, well, what the hell is this stuff? And, of course, episode four is named Jackpot. And I was kind of irritated with the episode because they named the episode Jackpot, but literally only, like, the like a little three-minute segment toward the end of the episode, do they even mention or describe anything about it, about the events? Well, the, I, the episode's good, but it's not nothing to do with Jack, unless I was missing something. 
No, I think that uh, it was just kind of written in a way that helps you understand, you know, things are starting to reach a boiling point because, you know, she, uh, oh, Flynn, what's her first name? Uh, uh, God, I need to pull it up while we're looking at it. Um, anyway, anyway, when she's in there, you know, <laughs> she starts to get the busted eye. She's already had the hand thing going on for quite a while. She had a seizure. So all these things are happening to her. And so it's starting to reach a point between uh, her and her brother. Now, when the story starts to get to the, like a real medical question of whether or not it's worth it, someone else has to go in to, you know, meet the, the appointment time, I guess that it was already set up with the people in the future. Mm-hmm. So all that kind of started to boil over when they brought Connor in, uh, they put him into the peripheral and yes. sent him into the future and he started going a little crazy. And then you start to see the fight between the two sides, uh, trying to hack who was going to be able to, to knock out, um, Whoever's in the future, yeah, like basically cut cut the thing. Well, that was the coolest part was they hacked into it. It just shows you the technology that even this is ninety years before they're jumping ninety years, and the technology they have to to still be able to hack. Because I guess when it all comes down to it, it's all ones and zeros, right? Yeah, I mean, by uh, it is. Uh, it looks like it's sixty something years, and even then, um, if the events of the jackpot are true, then you know there had to be like a real dark era in there but yeah. it's amazing to see how fast technology jumped way after that oh, yeah. um with well, all these introductions billion of... people right was was the death toll oh shoot after, i don't after remember the, we'll, t- we'll talk about it yeah i think it was seven billion people was the death toll after the third event in the in the jackpot the third thing so and we are almost at we're almost at eight billion people right now we're about to cross the threshold of eight billion people in the world right now mm-hmm. and you know we're just about to get into 2023 so right that's what i'm saying this is only that we're there at is only seven years away from where we are right mm. they're 2039 no no the first jackpot happened in 2039 they're in 2033 2037 2039 it was one of those two yeah so Something it happens like real soon they're in the 2030s yeah and they're a few years yeah. away from the first of jackpot event happening yeah 2032 is when they are so in seven 20- years so it must have been 2039 because i think yeah. she said seven years yeah okay but the whole idea of the jackpot is that three major things happen. And you you just watch the show. So, you know, the, you had the three major things, one being the uh, power grid knockout, mm-hmm. which, you know, caused a lot of confusion and a lot of, you know, mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. Then came the, what they called the blood plague. The pandemic, yeah. Yeah, so the well, pandemic, yeah, they, yeah. which mm-hmm. the blood plague was, you know, essentially something that knocked out bodily functions and caused people to bleed into their abdomen and so on and so forth and die. And then the third thing was domestic terrorism. Yes. And they, they shot bomb, off atomic bomb. Yeah. They, yeah. They shot off a nuke. It looked like an ICBM from a silo in spring Lake. Is that where they said spring Lake, North Carolina? Yes. It, it was her hometown. Yeah. Like that was where it went down at, which is cool how they, they start show out. I don't know necessarily how that ties into anything, but you know, it does some kind of way cause it's connected and they show a few other things in this, episode that are tied in or these two episodes at least which are really cool it's like this this story starting to really come together like everything's starting to make sense for a story that was completely jumble fucked through the first couple episodes i had no idea what was happening i was just trying to keep up what was going on now it's all it feels like the work i did to put into it is paying off yeah i'm starting to get that i only feel that uh it's a little they're not doing enough to help connect you 
it's a good show. And like, I'm, I'm really, I'm here for the premise and I'm definitely here for, um, I'm going to watch it period. Mm. I just get lost a little bit in their delivery. And mm. that's only because I'm trying to keep up a little bit. Number one, when you start placing things in the Blue Ridge Mountains and you're so close to home, right. I'm already trying to figure out what's real and what's not. And so I spend too much time thinking about that. Whereas if it was some made up land somewhere off, you know, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Right. But since it's so close to home, I think about it. The timeline, trying to figure out the jumps uh, is just a little bit weird because not only have they gone way forward, they've also gone back a little bit in the third episode to show mm-hmm. us some uh, history. Mm-hmm. And just really trying to understand what we know, like what characters know and what characters don't know. Right. Because they've done a, it's, it's done a real kind of... Uh, not Tarantino style, but you know, just a real cut up mashup of who has what knowledge. Right. You know, the sheriff has a little bit of knowledge. You know, he saw the two cloaked cars mm-hmm. up to this point in this episode. He saw um, the handshake. Yep. So you know, he's just starting to see a little bit. You know, the uh, Jasper's wife, um, uh, Billy Ann, knows she's a little badass. bit. Yeah. She's yeah. Badass, <laughs> so we'll um, I mean, that. jackpot. Jackpot was a real simple episode, but go ahead and jump into episode five. I mean, that was what about Bob is a real, I didn't see that. I didn't see this episode leaving us with, um, it felt like a more cohesive story just for one episode of the show. Right. This one felt like it kind of focused on a villain of the week type mindset. To be honest with you, where it's like, okay, let's forget some of the details of this world and go with what you know, and this is what's going to happen. This is the contract killer for this episode. He's been hired to do this, and it shows you right offhand how much of a badass he is. Because I guess after the f- picket was the was the first guy, and he's being mm-hmm. paid off now, so they look maybe the whoever's in the future is looking at that as as a failure, and they move on to the next hit because they had the first team they sent in there, they got slaughtered. They had picket, they were going to pay him off, which we still don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, and then now we have this guy and they even mentioned that it was this guy and another guy who were like the two crime lords of the area. And they were both asked, you know, to do the job. And one of them sold the other ones uh, out with his daughter and he paid dearly for it. Was well, that what insane. happened with the, the guy? The Was it Larry or the guy in the bar or the bowling alley? That's what yeah. it was, right? Yeah, he was. So the, he uh, sold he, that information out. Yeah, he sold that information out because mm-hmm. it was it was them. It was one of the two. Like they both got offered the job. It was who would like they were trying to figure out who. They wanted to take the job, and he sold out him for his daughter. And I guess he probably would have gotten the job had he not been murdered then. Yeah. <laughs> because he probably sold her out to get the job. But that gun is badass, man. Whatever that thing is, that little knuckle buster with the... Uh, Dude, that's, that, yeah, that's what I call it, the supersonic knuckle gun. Yes, man. I love that damn thing. And it's I, I want to see like medical reports of somebody being hit with one of those. Because, like, he hit old boy in the legs, and he said he couldn't move his legs. He hit even the arms, couldn't move his arm. Or he apparently broke his ankle, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. You know, it looks like it snaps bone pretty easy. And which, so we saw it in the first episode mm-hmm. when, um, I, I, I have to look it up, but when she got hit when she was Flynn, in her brother's, right? or, yeah, but is, yeah. The, is their last name's Flynn? I think her name's Flynn. Her name is Flynn? Yeah, uh, I've got the cast pull up right here, but it's got all their real names and not the actors' names on here. 
that plays who plays well, yeah, Flynn, Flynn Fisher is her name. So yeah, Flynn. Okay, Fisher. So that's okay. what it is. Okay, so Flynn and Burton. Um, mm, yeah. So we see when Flynn was in Burton's um, body in the future. You know, she got hit with that thing like three times. And then yeah. not only that, when she was in her body in the future, she got hit with it quite a few times and kept going, you mm-hmm. know, like, and I mean, I know that she's a machine. So more or less is what they're, all these things are androids. Another part of the show that's kind of confusing me because all they, they have these different generations of androids. For anyone who has watched this show, they're almost a, uh, almost like an iRobot-esque, but they're That's skinned exactly from like the like. from mm-hmm. like the, from the neck down and they can wear like a projection on their face. But apparently there are these new models that Flynn and Burton's bodies in the future were that actually were fully skinned. Yeah. And so look, look you know, real. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's just these different generations of them. And so what the androids are actually able to do is they call them pults short for poltergeists. And so that people can visit each other without traveling. Mm-hmm. You can just send your, your, if you were in, imagine like a, like a video call, like a FaceTime call or something on the phone, you could just send yourself into one of these androids somewhere else where that person was and actually have a conversation and almost live life like it. Right. But I, I got confused one time was with the, um, when they had the, the cop, the constable that stopped them in the streets mm-hmm. and the constable didn't, you know, bat an eye at the fact that it was a skinned, like, I don't know what they, I can't remember what they call it in the show, but it basically right. is a skinned Android. So I've been trying to really hash out all of that too. So not quite on the full understanding level with that yet. I think there's still a lot to be found out about the show. I think that we discovered more in the last two episodes than we have, like, or at least it's all come more coming together for me in the last two episodes than anything. Cause I'm starting to see mm-hmm. story pieces connect. Um, like one of the biggest questions was like, we've never been answered about this. Like we've, it's always been questions about Alita who, who is yeah. Wolf's brother, Wolf's sister, you know, is the person we're looking for. That's the whole thing in the future. We're looking for Alita, but we don't know why we don't know why we're looking for her. We don't know what Flynn has done in the future that's made people looking for in the past. Like, we just don't know. And we've been left in the dark about that this whole time. But now this episode shed a little light on it because we did get to see that little green icicle dangly thing, (laughs) upside down pyramid thing that we did see Flynn touch the one time, the first time she went into the future. Um, And, but we had no idea what it was. And apparently she stole something or took something and we didn't know or well we're still yet to find that out but we did find out the reasoning for that and the cool thing was the connection with that was they were talking about going in and changing the past because what they're trying to do is rewrite history they're going to change the past so that way people are compliant to whatever they say or whatever they want them to do and don't cause this future with the jackpot and they're doing that testing it through the same uh what's the haptic haptic sensory yes. or whatever it is yes. that her brother has in the military. So he was the first group to test this sent from the, like the way it connected. I was like, wow, that's, that's really good. I would have never thought of that. I thought there might be something that had to do with that connection, but that might just be because it's 10 years in the future, you know, but I mm-hmm. like that. That's pretty cool how they're tying that all in and that, and we've seen now the diorama with the little uh, 
3D miniatures. 3D miniatures of all the characters and everything. So, like, something is really big about these characters in this timeline with the bomb landing there, with the diorama, with him having the, the haptic stuff already in him and being the first group of people to do that. Like, it's cool the way the story's tying together, and it's enough to bring me in. Like, I don't exactly know what's happening, but I've got an idea, or at least I've got a few ideas. And I want to see how those ideas work out. Yeah, the uh, is it Dr. Newland? You know, you see her little her badassery of trying to be like the, the woman that's in charge of this. So the society lives on like a three-tier structure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of them is the Research Institute, which, you know, is like the, the place for all this. It's like MIT. And imagine that on like a, you know, much bigger scale because the population is much lower than uh, it works out better. But the last episode where she killed the other doctor that worked for her or the other scientist that worked for her. Which, we saw that. Way, goodness gracious. What a way yeah. to kill somebody. Oh my God. Yeah. All I could think of was murder hornets just the whole entire time. Yeah. Um, but then you see the flashback and then in episode five with her and Alita, you know, being friends. Well, essentially they were old lovers and that whole Alita was catching on to this information where she started to get it from. I'm not sure, but it seems like she has picked up on a, the only thing I can piece together right now so far is if these people have the ability to go back in time to make these adjustments, you know, like who's the, who is the moral authority on all of it mm-hmm. where, you know, who makes the decisions and, and really at the end of the day, are these decisions right or are they wrong? Because one of the guys from the, another of the tiers, the rich family or the, I can't remember his last name, but there's a group of families that, you know, run this other third tier. And it's almost as if he went back and killed his family or he didn't do it. He said he had like a group of mercenaries go back and kill people in his family. Yeah. Jasper. No, that's not his name. No, not Jasper. That's his name. Uh, But it was just like, it takes you, it takes you back because, you know, this guy's supposed to be rich and in charge of everything. He knows what's going on. He has, He's the one that's providing the bodies, you know, or at least Flynn's body. Um, how Alita got a body for um, Connor Burton? I'm not sure. Burton, yeah. Well, they haven't yet, have they? Like we haven't. Well, they seen did. The, they did in the beginning, and then that 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 one died. Okay, that's when she came in the very first time, and then, or it's one or two times, and then she ended up dying in that body. Yeah. That character you're talking about that killed his family, his name is Lev, is the only thing that's described yes, as yes. Lev. So And so he's part of like his wife is apparently, you know, one of the richest nobles and so on and so forth. But I don't even understand how these people get money. If all of these things happened in the jackpot, like what I want to know how society got rebuilt and not yes. only rebuilt, but so fast. There's still a lot to understand. That's why I look at this doctor and it's like I I, I don't understand this doctor of all people. Yeah. Is she human? Does she have superpowers? Is it magic? Like, I, like what? What? I don't know what's going. On. That you know, three episodes left, a lot to be explained, or it could leave you on a cliffhanger to come back and find out. <laughs> you know, I, I imagine that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm loving the way they're doing it. Did you see the connection to, um, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, Wolf? They call him Wolf mm-hmm. when he was younger, and uh, her brother when she's going back and looking at that memory. Remember, they said you can have like a a memory and there's a company that'll put together a movie of your memory. And she's watching that movie and her brother's dressed as a wolf. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Mm, okay, cool. I see that. that. But she was a bee. 
Yeah. And the other girl or the Dr. Newland really likes, you know, she said bees were her safe spot, which I mean, she could have been just playing the whole scene, but you know, there's hexagons everywhere, which even though mm -hmm. it's like structurally one of the strongest shapes, you know, it's, it, it's still related to the beehive thing. So yeah. the fact that they were, I'm glad you picked up on that. Cause I was, I meant to mention it, but those two things the the two, the brother and the sister, and then the parallels to the future were actually really good. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Bob real quick. You know, we mentioned that he was the next guy that got hired, but let's talk about the scene where he gets captured because that was an awesome damn scene. Um, well, he had this whole thing laid out. I mean, like mm -hmm. when he called his daughter, you know, they had a whole entire like conversation plan in case things went south. And yeah. if, if he's that kind of mercenary, you know, he had this thing planned forever. But you're right. I mean, but the, the fight scene or the card, the, the shootout scene, I guess the best way to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really good. Showing that, you know, Burton wasn't walking around with a gun for no reason. He finally got to use it. Oh, yeah. But and, uh, I can't remember. Right. What, what did you say her name was? Um, Billy Ann. Billy Ann. She's, she's like, I'm good with a shotgun, too. You want to see yep. it? <laughs> Which this is the point that I'm at where it's like, okay, bulletproof vests don't work like that. Neither do shotgun. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe she's in, maybe she's in a slug, but I mean, I don't know. I just like, thought she was getting so pissed off with like, let me fix your damn car or yeah. like, I'm good at this. Come on. <laughs> she, she wasn't letting him have it, but it's just crazy. Like you don't get shot that close at point blank range with a shotgun, even if you have a vest on and get back up. Uh, yeah. I mean, it could have been like happen. rock salt. I don't know. It could have been anything. Unless it's a bulletproof vest from the future. He did have a knuckle electric knuckle bracket sure. from the future. So I and mean, some, some phone, which, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like that's a, a I don't I don't want to sidetrack it, but when Wolf was able to go back into or Wolf was able to go back into the memory VR, and then someone can call from the future onto a normal cell phone, I don't know the rules yet. I'm still trying to figure them right. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we we gotta we gotta get a listing of all the rules to be truly honest with you, because it's it's just too difficult to figure out on your own, and they have so many rules that can break otherwise. So yep. Uh, they told their mother, which, you know, it's a good idea. I always tell mom, you know, and uh, she gives them the what honestly is the best advice. And she's absolutely right about everything she says. It's like, what's going to happen whenever you stop paying? What's going to happen when you stop doing this? Yep. You know, you can do this for as long as you want to, but what's going to happen when you stop? All you're doing is digging a deeper hole right now. Yeah, they're being reactive. Mm -hmm. You know, until you start being proactive and start taking charge. You know, like she said, you know, if you feel like you have very little control right now, imagine how much that, you know, they think that you have. Mm. And lastly, let's talk about the sheriff, man. Like, what's going to happen with this guy? Because he could have easily been killed. Like, I actually walked away from the scene, walked away from the screen for just a second when the cop car actually flipped. Because you're watching the scene, the cop car, and, and what's his name's talking to him in the back seat the whole time. Uh, uh, Bob's talking to him in the back seat the whole time. You're like, all right, you know he's getting out. You know something's about to happen. And I just stepped away for just a second. And I come back in the cart. And the truck's flipped over. <laughs> Damn it. I had to rewind it. Thank goodness we have the ability to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so hidden car. So somebody has a hidden car now, which, by the way, do we ever figure out what happened to that cloak car the sheriff found? Uh, well, there are two of them, and I think he only found one. So, no. I like. But where is it? Like, is he just, is he hiding? <laughs> that's the trouble, man. It's cloaked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. And that's, that's why I said, you know, like we go back to, we don't know who knows what and who's planning what. So, you know, he keeps getting, he keeps trying to get Burton to, to spit up more information because there's too much, you know, weird shit going on. He saw mm -hmm. a cloaked car or main, 
he saw a coffee cup floating really is what it started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Burton won't tell him what's going on. All Burton's friends are showing up. He knows what that whole unit's about. Or he knows more or less enough about them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, here's another one. Cloak car coming to take him out. And number one, where are we led to believe that the car hit the cop car? I don't know. Because I just okay. feel like that car would have been way more damaged had the and not car only that, ran I into feel like it. it would have shook that, that cloaking thing and like yeah. you know, you would have been able to see it in a split second. Yeah. So I'm yeah. assuming they used the supersonic knuckle buster thing again. Maybe. And yeah. you know, something of that sort, or maybe a gun of you know, higher caliber or whatever. But you're right, like it's <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> yeah. If that, I'm, I'm equipping one of those supersonic knuckle busters to my lightsaber. Are you kidding me, man? I'm going to be throwing supersonic punches and swinging lightsaber blades. It's going to be great. Ultimate weapon. Double force. Yeah. Ultimate weapon. Uh, but yeah, man, this, this, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Like I said, this is from the creators of Westworld. And the people who watch Westworld told me all the time, like, you need to watch the show. And I just never did. Um, maybe I should. Watch the first season for sure. I will tell you right now. Give it a shot. You get bored. Okay. Or, not if you're sitting around, you need something to watch. Which you know, once you finish the other stuff, yes, yeah, I still the got first season of Westworld is really good. And okay. if nothing else, I'd say definitely 100% watch that. Okay, I'll check it out. Well, is there anything else about Peripheral you want to mention? Any key points you want to bring up? Uh, no, I mean, we see uh, the cop, uh, I remember his name at some point, but he goes and see his girlfriend who's a doctor in you know the, the preview for next week's episode. So we know that he's still ticking and that he's trying to make sense of it all. I feel like him starting to put the pieces together, come towards episode eight will mm-hmm. be like, you know, his subplot. Um, I feel like uh, Corbell Pickett is like a slow burn. Mm-hmm. He's just going to be like the, the thing gnawing at the back of their schools the whole entire time where they're trying to worry about all this other active stuff going on. He could always be there. Yeah. Through all the seasons is that guy, yep. you know? And Jasper will take the fall before he does. It'll cause a rift between, you know, Billy Ann and so forth. You know, we don't know. We know that Billy Ann knows a lot more now. You know, mm-hmm. she's more in the loop. Uh, you know, that, that, that rack in her burning, hand, though, which I understand. Her, her mind changed quite a bit when she had that money in her hand. Yeah. <laughs> which, hey, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, it, it, it's tough. I've never held that much money in my hand before. So it'd be really, really difficult to uh, do the right thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... And technically, oh. I mean, it was given to him by the uncle. It's not like they're doing anything wrong. Right? Yeah, but she picked up on it right away. Like, what yeah, did he want? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did he want? Because what you don't, you just don't give people money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the fight scene between uh, Flynn and the doctor, which is essentially, you know, two droids fighting each other. Yes. That was actually pretty decent. It started to, when was it? It was it. Was it this episode or the be- the beginning of last one that they were talking about how, you know, Burton was saying, you know, why are you so good at, at all of this VR stuff and started to, you know, challenge her thought. And it was really along the lines of you're good because you go in and you deconstruct what the thing is trying to get you to do. And then you figure out how to work outside the lines. And that's mm-hmm. what he was trying to get her to do in the peripheral. And so I think that that fight was a... um kind of like a, a step in that direction. You know, it shows that she was starting to kind of use her brain a little bit more. Right. So the fight and, was quick and it was good. Yeah. And once again, this was droid fighting droid. So I get the, I got to kind of take this argument out of here for this fight in particular, but it reminds me of it. I've never tried to snap anybody's neck, like for real, try to snap anybody's neck. 
I just can't picture it being as easy as they make it look in the movies. Well, uh, all that I can ever say to you is number one, if, and when you do work out and you're, you know, you get that like super sore neck and you start to like, really, you can't barely turn. You're like, Oh man, like it's so stiff. It hurts Mm -hmm. so bad. Uh, I would imagine it's probably a little bit tougher then, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, if you're limber, which she didn't look like she had a whole lot going for. It's true. Yeah. I would imagine that would, that would be pretty easy. Don't be a weak neck. Don't get snapped easy. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's, uh, let's move right along. Um, I said we go ahead and hop into Andor. Let's do some Star Wars. Heavy. Man, this show is really, really, really getting good. Like, there, there are not many shows where, like, I can watch it and I know, I know that he's going to be okay. I mean, but it's like I'm watching, I'm like, oh, no, no, don't do this. No, no. Like, it's weird because there are stakes in this show. And, like, I feel like, I'm waiting for that hammer to drop and somebody big to die. Like I thought there was going to be a big death in this episode. There wasn't. There were a few little ones, you know, but I did get what I wanted. I got a full episode of the prison prison break, you know, Damn got, near, the, yeah. got the awesome speech that gave me chills speeches, <laughs> when, I, when I was listening to it. Like speeches. Gave, yeah. It gave me chills. And I was like, holy shit. But this show is just mwah, perfect. Knocking it out of the park. I'm loving Andor so far. What say you? Dude, I knew that. I knew that we were going to get something. Uh, like, number one, I was a little bit spoiled with the whole Kino Loy thing because I watched an interview with Andy Circus and he was talking about his three episode arc, and I'm like, "Shit! All right, does that mean he's going to die? Or like, what's going to happen?" Right. Um, but just watching the episode and going back to it, we start to really figure out that he is like he's he's on his back foot right now, trying to figure out what he's going to do. You know, he knows that he wants to help get out because he knows that you know it's impending doom more or less uh, if you stay here to see just to kind of like focus on that scene to see him start to really kind of come around mentally you could see that it was a very big hurdle for him and he was really trying to make sense of it and andor was right you know he's like if we're going to do it now's the time we're not going to get another chance they're going to bring us someone in new and when they bring someone in new like that is the moment we have to attack like it's the only time they're going to come outside those doors and they have to come outside those doors for any of this to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we got an answer to the pipe. You know, water made sense. I didn't. I don't know how the electricity and all the electronics work in, in this place. Right. But you know, clearly, water is the you know the the, the evil when it comes to electricity. Um. One thing that bothered me, and it wasn't the fact that when he was walking into the facility and he noticed all the boots, it was that when they were trying to escape, it seemed like there were an endless amount of blasters. I'm like, if there's only 12 guards per level, that's true. Why are there so many blasters? They did have, they did have a, a big, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like stockpile inventory, cash, cash of weapons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it was pretty, but I mean, it worked out well. I mean, you gotta have that. Like, I get, well, the thing was though, were they shorthanded just now? for a specific reason, or was it just, they always ran with 12 guards on, I mean, he said never it seemed more like than it was, 12. Yeah. It seemed like it was, it was never more than 12 because not that many people were necessary. These prisons mm-hmm. definitely seem like they're set up to be, you know, a, a very quick formulaic, um, uh, way to help, uh, keep the staff levels low more or less. Right. Mm-hmm. You keep these people in check and they're never going to be able to fight back because you don't put yourself in harm's way. And when anytime they do fight back, everything is, you know, electric floor. So that you just shock everyone and, you know, pull them right back into their place. The, the problem that I kept on 
butting my head up against was this whole idea of the last episode where they brought someone in from the second, second or not second floor. It might've been the second floor, but whoever got, you know, were they messed back, up? Yeah. yeah. Put back into a different place. Like if you were to ever recycle somebody, I feel like that person would open their mouth nonstop and be like, I was already in prison. They don't let you out. They put me in here. Like, and now I'm not going. Yeah. No matter where you go. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. That, that was, that was a tough one right there. And, and I was thinking about that, but, you know, but up until this point, I guess they thought until Andor said something, they thought that they were listening, being listened to all the time. Right. That was the yeah. whole point of the episode. Nobody's listening. He was trying to prove yeah. that point, you know, yeah. is that, you know, they don't care enough because they yeah. think that they have everything under control. They think that they have all the people there ready to go. And everything is, you know, all the ducks are going to fall in line whenever things need to happen. Yeah. So there appear to be only, you know, a couple guards during prison transfers. One guy that manages the floor, a couple guards that look out the windows. So where 12 gum from, I'm not sure. But they were able to get out. They fled the place. The level before them or below them started dripping water too. You know, they just went through and started wrecking shop, which yeah. good on them because I believe at some point Kino said there were five thousand people in there. Mm-hmm. And so there's five thousand people. I don't know how many floors, but you know, you're only talking about I'd imagine 120 guards, 200 guards at best. Yeah, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. We saw those guards in the in that room getting uh, sitting there trying to. He was like, "Be quiet, be quiet." Yeah, they were like, hiding. Yeah, yeah, doing exactly what cowards would do in that situation. I mean, they were going to die anyway if they if they chose to go any of the path. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about scars guard, not scars guard. Uh, circus though, like his acting ability in this, like oh. literally, there, there's the moment, and I've had this not to the level of life and death, but I've had this moment where you've put so much into something, and you believe in something so greatly. Like to the point where you're convinced this is real, you know, and then all of a sudden that rug gets pulled out from under you and it is so difficult. And you see that moment, the one moment in his mind where it snaps, where he's, he's, he's fighting it the whole time. Cause I would too, man, I would too, if I was devoted my whole life or as long as I've been in there to this. And then the, this is probably the first time anything like this has happened to believe that it's not true. Like mm-hmm. it would just blow my mind, but you see him, you, you see him at that moment and you can tell Endor's not going to, Cassian's not going to shut up. Like he's not, he's not going to be silenced. So you might as well go along with it. And as soon as he's in, man, everybody else is. And then dude, that speech, like I said, I, I'm listening to this speech and I'm getting chills. I wanted to rush the gates, you know, it's amazing like, how he was able to say that when, cause what you're, what you're describing is right. But you know, it's a shake in your faith. Like at any point in time when what you believe, whether or not be faith or not, you know, just like what you believe to be true. Right. When that turns to crap and you're left, you know, with picking up no pieces, mm-hmm. he was able to pull a speech out of his ass real quick. And it was all from the heart and it was feeling. And that's what made it important and grand. I'll tell you what, though, a person in that position is a dangerous person. Oh, yeah. Because that is that is the moment where you truly feel you have nothing to lose. And nothing mm-hmm. to live for, you know, like, like you don't care. You're, you're just so, I, I will say though, that after everything they did to get out, I don't give a shit. If you can't swim, I jump know, off that I damn know. dock. Swimming is a natural instinct. People who say they can't swim. I promise you, if it's drown or swim, you will find a way to kick your leg and get up the top of the water. I promise you, you will. Okay, it's, it's a natural instinct. And not there's nothing stopping me from jumping off that platform right there. I don't care if there's I can't bound swim. to be something in there that can float. 
Yeah, or somebody that will help you. Yeah, <laughs> you I, 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 that was my number one thing. Like, don't worry, <laughs> jump. We'll figure this out. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, come like, on. This is the plan. You got to go with it. We're, we're, we're making it up as we go. So, and the next part is swim. So, learn to swim. You, you will do it. And that was like, a, I mean, that was a deep, that was a deep dive. That was a tall jump. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. But, I mean, once again, natural instinct. You can throw an infant in the water and they'll, <laughs> they'll, mm-hmm. they'll figure out a way to flip to the top, to get to the top. So, um, the shape of those, the prisons, you know, we get to see them again. I noticed it the first time when they were flying in on the uh, Narkina 5 episode, but the fact that they look like the Imperial Signia is just a you know just a beautiful touch because when they zoom out and you see all the people floating or like swimming in the water and you just see that massive crest and you're just like like that the weight of it for some reason with it being that just makes it even more um fast forward to the end episode and we're left to only see um which i was going to say this early on but i didn't want to until it kind of made like a pivotal moment um I knew that one person was definitely going to make it out of the prison and it was definitely going to be the guy that kept on eyeballing him, the quiet guy. Um, uh, Shoot. I can't remember his name now, by the way, he is actually in rebel or rogue one. Is he? Okay. Um, He ends up being part of the rogue one crew that goes to Scarif. Um, Man, I got to remember his name, Malouche, but either way, he said it right before he jumped off. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know, but I, I I can't remember what it is either. Um, but you know, it was odd to see the only the two of them running together, mm-hmm. whereas all these people got out. It was just the two of them. Yeah, like they swam a different direction than everybody else, and nobody yeah. else went that way. I mean, somebody would. Have, I, yeah, you know, Melshi Melshi's his name. Hmm. I knew it was going to come to me. Um, you know, I'm mad we never found out what they were building. Yep. I don't know if we ever will. Maybe they'll just throw that in there as a little. So and so base that builds this got it that was building this got attacked and they'll be like oh that's what it is and then it's gonna go crazy on the internet everybody be looking up what that is. It'll happen. I read an interesting article that was talking about how uh, Star Wars is weaponizing the fandom knowledge and so is something like this that means nothing that could be anything but people are so hardcore focused on <laughs> yeah you know yeah. like it's it's using the fan base knowledge against the fan base and if saying want to keep know. going. Oh yeah, right. I know. You want to, you know why? Because it'd be so cool if it was something you, as a fan you could just recognize right away. And the fact that it's not something you can just recognize right away, it just boils your blood as a fan. Yep. You're like, what are they making? I don't know. There were only uh, three other plots. Uh, one of them was this is a real quick, uh, and it tied into another one, but it was a real quick uh, view of Aldani. Um, you see, you know, Mar- Marva is still sick, and they're talking about, you know, getting her treatment. She's apparently saying no to the treatment, and then you see Senta walk by, mm-hmm. who is eyeballing um, the Imperial tail that Marva has. So you have a you know a rebellion tail following an Imperial tail who is following Marva, who is right. you know. Cassian's mom. Cassian's so <laughs> it's that's gonna have to hit. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna have to hit something somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> did we get any deeper this episode? We did. I'll get to that one. But I think the the other, other the other plot that was not nearly as big, but definitely had some heat to it, was the um, uh, Mon Mothma plot. Yes. So I don't know. It. There were great speeches, but I'm going to tell you right now, Mon Mothma's delivery of 
that moment of being scared and uncertain and hating the fact that she is considering something that she would never think that she would consider in her life. Mm-hmm. If you watch her visually like choke up and try to hide it, mm-hmm. it that was hardcore acting. And mm-hmm. she did a fantastic job oh, with yeah. that. Oh yeah. Now, so even though there are two good speeches, that was a, that was a definitely a highlight for me. Oh, good acting point. Yeah. Now let me make sure I understand this right. Was he basically saying, I don't want payment for this. I want to bring my son back to meet your daughter. That was what he was 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 aiming for. He wants like a his. Yeah, that's exactly what he wants because you know his name is tarnished, you know, with bad deeds, and she is someone who works in the Senate currently. Um, that's exactly what that was, and that was the thing that shook her, you know, because even though her daughter Clea, not Clea, uh, Lita is a real pain in everyone's ass. Much well, definitely Mon Mothma's. She wouldn't do that to her own. Right. Because she knows, like, you know, when she got married at 15 and Perrin is an asshole, she probably wants nothing more than to, you know, to off him. <laughs> right. But I don't know. You know, it seems like you got a rebellious teenager. I guess we have to see what the boy's going to be like. I don't know how that is going to pan out. All that I do know is, like I said, the acting was phenomenal. We learned a little bit about the residents. Apparently, you can't change the residents when you live there as a senator. Yeah. It's almost like a historical uh, place. Or some somewhat like officer housing or military yeah. base housing. You yeah, can only yeah. change so many things about it, you know? And you have to change it all back. I mean, like it's any place like that. But State property is what they said. There's one more big storyline here that I wasn't fully understanding that you're going to have to get talk to me about here. And that was the Skarsgård thing at the end here. Um, yeah, so that's where it tied in he, the ISB. Who is he talking to? Like, who is that right. guy? So, in the beginning, you get the major, uh, the Partagaz, Partagaz, whatever his name is. The dude that shows up in the white duster, mm-hmm. like, trying to look all fucking fly in the ISB. Yeah. Um, he comes in there and he starts trying to figure out what's going on with the, the, um, the robo pilot from Krieger's clan or Krieger's group or whoever. And so they know that, you know, this robo pilot is going to be getting picked up so that I guess, it, uh, essentially the ship actually does get picked up. They're trying to figure out what to do next. Now that the plan actually worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy's name was Lonnie and so he's like, that's you know, the rebel pilot. That's who that no. guy was. Okay. So Deidre was trying or Dedra, however you want to say it, was trying to tell the major and it's like, you know, well, you know, our next plan should be, you know, to lay back low and like follow and like, mm-hmm. let's see what they're going to do. Lonnie, the guy who actually ends up talking to Luthen at the end says, no, what we should do is we should, you know, keep like a, a safe safe interest like we normally would like let's not be uh let's not be all hands off because that would be suspicious do what we normally would and follow up on it make it seem like we care but you know then we eventually stop caring that's her right hand man no that's another no. a different uh, uh, okay, lieutenant okay. okay i thought you were saying that was who that was um okay so i, I just i don't know I'm, I'm having trouble figuring out because like the way he described him he basically described him as as Andor, like Cassian, like like that's kind what of, yeah. he is. Like so, it looks like Cassian's like his replacement, or just like another guy who does the same thing that has the same purpose as him to infiltrate, to act, and to steal information or whatever else needs to be stolen. Yeah, but then you get to uh, 
you get the scene between Clea and Luthen, Clea, or however you want to say her name, the shop help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she comes in and she's like, you know, the signs are there. Uh, uh, there's a marking at the fountain and like a handrail was freshly broken off. And like, you know, they go, they go to two deep depths. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was talking about peripheral and Bob and his daughter having that conversation. Mm-hmm. The rebellion has, you know, very, very intricate steps to actually yeah. initiate communication. So she's trying to warn him not to go. Luthen's like, no, like this is what it's about. Like we need to go. We need to have these conversations. We need to see what he, what he knows or what he wants to talk about. That scene, like the dude gets in the elevator, he searches for the earpiece, he finds it, gets in his ear. Next thing you know, within 30 seconds, Luthen's like uh, passively, aggressively threatening his daughter. Yeah. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. I know that you had a daughter. I know that you've been busy. I know that, you know, your family has been going through changes and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. But there was something very powerful in the imagery and everything else and the scene, the sound, the, the speech of Luthen standing there on that, on that walkway with handrails, by the way, just talking and his jacket blowing. And it just, it, the very words Sith. that he was saying, yeah, it, it, was, it seemed very Sith, you know, it was a moment of like, everything has been coming to this point and I've mm-hmm. given everything. If you think for a second that I will expect anything less from you, you're, you got another thing coming. Like if you're in this, you're in this. Right. There's no yeah. half in, half out. There's no stopping when you want to. Like this is a life thing. That, but that speech, man. Like he's like, what have I sacrificed? I sacrificed everything. Like mm-hmm. inner peace, love. You know, dot 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 dot. It's just amazing, man. The the cast of the show is fantastic. So we're not going to get circus anymore. That was the end of his character. That was his three show uh, arc. So I've been led to believe. Okay. Um. But we do know we have cards, cards still. We still have, we still have a lot of the main cast, man. It's coming together. So I'm interested to see where Andor goes now. You know, like, like, what is he doing? And more importantly, like, the whole beard thing still gets me. They were like, I, you know, they did one of the things about him being freshly shaven, and this, and that's a nice little aspect to hint to. But like, how fast does this guy's beard grow? Like, does he? Only shave every month. Who, Cassian? Yeah, couldn't he be like three days later, have a beard and not be shaving anymore? And they would not be able to recognize that it was a cleanly shaven guy? Uh, that well, was I mean, about that. I was like, hmm. That, on, that other... That was just trying to show the attention to detail that uh, Deidre was putting in. And then she was also like getting out of her staff. Okay. And so I really think that's all that really was. Just like if you really want to pay attention to all these little things that everyone else seems to be missing in this room of white cloaks, then you mm-hmm. know you need to figure it out. Keep your eyes right. open and look for these little stupid things. Detailed I mean, right. he's been in that prison for a hot minute now, so you know over a month. That is interesting. I want to see the timeline of how long he's been in there. That's a that's a good point. We don't really know that because uh, we didn't get his start date and end date, did we? Like how many? What his sentence was. It was probably on the screens, but I didn't look. I wasn't paying okay. that much attention. I know that, you know, in that one ep- first episode where he was in the prison, it mm-hmm. went through that 30-day t- time jump. Okay. In that one one episode, the first time he landed there. So then he was been in there for two more episodes now. So I'm not sure. Could be an amount of time, yeah. All right. Anything else about Endor? I'm loving uh, the show, dude. Star Wars doing a great job. Before I even started this episode, I started trying to figure out why and when 
why we haven't seen anything more about it and when we could possibly, and that's a sister and that planet that they were on in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's a sister's name is Carrier or Curry, something like that. Uh, we haven't done anything about that yet with only two more episodes. I wonder Fest. if they're going. Right. You know, the name of the city or the, the planet Fest. Maybe. Um, either sorry. way, I don't I know if, like, if that's going to be the end point of like, where are they going to leave us? Is it going to be him trying to figure out uh, like what they're going to do? Is he going to go searching for, is he going to go searching for Luthen? Like who's he going to go searching for now right. that he's out of the prison? We still so, don't even know if his sister is alive. Do we? Canari. That's the name of the planet. Canari. Mm. Ferrix was the one I think that he was on for the Morlani system. No, you game. know what it was? Fest was the one that he was. What was his alias whenever he was with the crew that was? Oh, Clem. Clem from Fest. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's where I got that one from. I, was like, I knew it was one of them. And you know, that was a question on that trivia challenge the other day with the Geekverse thing. And I still missed it just now. Just thinking about it. So, oh, well. Anyway. Um, all right. Anything else, Sandor? No, two more, man. We're going to... It's going to lead us right up to you know more shows to watch, but we won't have another Star Wars show until Bad Batch, I think, comes out in January. Plenty of time then, to catch up on Rebels. Not only that, but you're going to be right into Mandalorian, I believe February is what they said for Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So... We'll get it. It'll be... M- uh no Chris yeah no movie okay Star Wars has enough stuff out there <laughs> if Star Wars didn't come out with anything for a year or two I'd still have plenty of Star Wars I could watch or read and, and find discover all kinds of new things so that's true all right well uh let's hop into it then man let's go ahead and move on over to Titans HBO Max season four episode three of Titans Jinx. Yeah, yeah. I'd mentioned before this show that like uh, I was really happy with all the stuff I saw this week, but then more and more I thought about it. I was, was happy with Titans, but of all the shows I watched, Titans was... I'm, I'm having a hard time grasping this storyline. Maybe it's just because I don't know enough about Brother Blood. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's probably the main thing is I don't know enough about him, but I don't... I still don't have a great grasp of exactly what's going on in this, and we're three episodes in right now. It could change. I mean, but, and it probably will. I just, it's weird. And you're right. We got Jinx in this episode. And now for me, and it, uh, Arcane has ruined that name for me. So anytime I see Jinx, I want to see the blue pigtails and you know everything else. So it's weird. Yep. I want to see that version of Harley Quinn, basically. Uh, but I like the character. It was pretty cool. I like the, the back and forth between her and Dick. And um, they, uh, you know, they obviously have a history together. You know, you got to see some criminal name drops in there. Uh, of times they've worked together before, so that was pretty cool. So she's more of an anti-hero. Well, I wouldn't even call her that. She's a villain. She's bad. She just has the tendency to be not so bad, I guess, sometimes, or do the right thing sometimes. But I'm kind of getting that. This, if I'm going to call it the Berlantiverse, like it's, with all the shows that he's done, you know, now we're in the HBO Max with uh, Titans and Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol kind of did the same thing, but the show is just so out of this anything that it's like I don't expect anything out of it. Titans has given me something that uh, a little bit more concrete, and I do expect a little bit more from Titans. The show, watching it, I 
I don't want to say I felt confused. I just felt completely like out of touch with it this week. Mm-hmm. And this has been kind of tightens up and down for me. Uh, Jinx was a real big part of that. They go to try to figure out, like, we don't understand magic, you know, like whenever uh, Raven got put on her ass and, you know, with her perfect blonde hair after a fight, you know, she's sitting it there. It looks in the way bust. better, by the way. It does. It looks she way better as a blonde. Yeah. But Not then you know, a blonde going, guy, but it looks way better. Yeah. Everyone's going their separate directions and, you know, her and her, him and Dick and Corey are going to go find Jinx because, you know, he needs to go learn more about magic. They go to the prison and right off the bat, she escapes. And I'm like, yeah, like, like, <laughs> come on, dude. Like I was, they, there, they must have had her no in solitary, effort. like locked up in a straight jacket in the corner, not touching anything. They said like, solitary. Yeah. But yeah, I just like, I, I felt like it was completely no effort. Right. What about that prison cell would make her not be able to use her magic, I guess. But we also didn't know what the prison cell looked like. It could have had some kind of abilities to stop her magic. I don't know. And I have no idea what her magic is. Like I, like that would watch the whole entire episode and I still don't have a firm grasp on what it is that she does. She I don't know why. Spell. She, she unturned Corey from stone to back to human. Right. 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 Or back to Tamarian, I guess, which was weird enough in itself because, you know, Corey went right back to a place that she was when she, when she died last time. The diner was a scene that we've seen before. That was from the and first episode, from the first season, the very the first, end of the season? first season. Yeah, I think yeah. it's either the very end of the first season or the very, very beginning of the second season because they all meet up there. Yep. Yeah. So there was that. Um, it was very weird that she went back to that place and that you know she started all over again. And apparently, she was born in the year nine thousand four hundred and eighty-one, and she was like, "That was my birth year in Tamarind." And I'm like, "Which I had to look right. that up. I had to look up when she was created because that's nineteen eighty-four just with the numbers jumbled up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a second, but she was actually created in 1980. So I was like, oh, that'd have been really, that'd have been really cool if they would have done that, you know, like mixed yeah. up just 1984. Yeah. Like, but I don't know. It could have been, you know, from the storyline that they're pulling from or, you know, ideas that they're trying to get out of. So yeah. none of that's definitely lost, but uh, it's just the, like that felt weird. And then, you know, Jinx made Dick go on this whole entire chase, which look, I, I mean, a, a underground club and a parking deck behind the actual, like meet or ticket dispenser was weird as shit, but why not? The problem is, is I saw no other cars. He didn't park in a spot. And then that club was enormous on the inside. <laughs> so I'm like, this Movie must magic. be magic. Like Movie how magic. does this work? <laughs> That's all right. I um, said ATM machine. So yeah. And believe anything, man. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the fight scene was really good between Dick and the elves. And, you know, it's amazing that he's able to put all these magic beings on their ass so fast. But I guess if you really want to build them up, I I found that more believable than I did other things, ironically. I th- I think they, they're trying to put Dick on the level, which he should be, Nightwing on the level of, like, Batman and like, Batman A. You know, yeah, like, like Batman 1 and 1A, you know? Like, yeah. he's he's pretty much the Batman. Like, like anything Batman can do, he can do. Which, I'm okay with that, because if you're not going to give me the Batman in this universe, then I need somebody like that, and he carries the par- character well. Um, trying to think. I don't know what's going on with this Beast Boy storyline. I never ever know what's going on with the Beast Boy storyline. I feel like this is a character they've squandered. He's been there and he's had a few key moments and a few months, but like, and, and I get it costs money to make him transform, 
but it's a good actor. He does the job well. I, I just don't. I never understand his storylines, and his storylines always seem to fall flat. Like they mean, seem to mean nothing. Yep. At, in the end, well, like like it's being built up to be this big thing, and then at the end, it's like, oh, it's no big deal. Beast Boy, it was this thing. So we're not doing. I mean, that. Ho- hopefully, they're trying to fix that. You know, I mean, it mm-hmm. does seem like with with that trophy tree thing at the end, and him hearing voices. Uh, it it said when the blood moon is full, the world will follow you. I think is what it said. Yeah, something like that. And I'm kind of like taken aback. I'm like, is he gonna be like you know a savior, some sort of like weird thing that that he's never been before? And it's very weird because you know like Raven couldn't see anything, and all of a sudden like he unveils everything by touching her. Like, you know, like the, the sky that. turns red and I don't know. It's like he's on his own vision quest. I haven't quite figured it out yet. You know, enough peyote will help anyone get through that kind of trip. He always seems like he's on his own complete storyline. And then he just comes back to help the beat the bad guy at the end. And he usually doesn't mm-hmm. even really come back to help that much. It's usually, nope. usually the comic relief of the battle or a distraction or yeah. distraction. Yeah. Um, what about uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Drake. What do you think about his VR training? Weird. And no, not only that, but the whole, because he was with, um, man, is that guy's, is his name Connor too? Connor. Yeah. So, so with Connor and like him sitting there taking all the beatings, but you know, Connor's in this whole little, like, like in this terrible twos or something, man, you know, like he, he wants to do what he wants to do without listening to anybody. And, you know, clearly that became a problem, but mm-hmm. You know, you have Tim Drake that's just basically—he's—they're making him look like such a dweeb, and I feel bad. They—they kind of are. I mean, I, like I said, I like the actor, and I think that he, he played cool Tim Drake. I just—I don't know. I, I would complain too much if he was really good at fighting, like right away. But at the You're same right. time, yeah. the progression they're putting him on—it seems like it's going to be like a, I'm goofy, I'm goofy, I suck, I'm goofy, I suck, and then one day. It just snaps, and you're yep. a badass, you know. And it's like they gave I don't me a suit. That. Now I know, I know kung yeah. fu. <laughs> Which, by the way, I've seen his suit by mistake, looking up different things for cosplay, and sure enough, Titan season four, Tim Drake, Robin suit, and I was like, oh, okay. So I'll show it to you if you want me to. But it's it's. I mean, you know, that's what you they, should go as. That's your thing. Nah, I can't, man. Beard, beard. You know, they got to. Uh, they do a good job with suits in the show. I haven't seen a bad suit yet. You could just go as Lex Luthor. You beard, bald head. Actually, I thought play. I thought about that. To be truly honest with you, when I saw this Lex Luthor, I was like, "Hmm, I could do that." That's kind of yeah. weak. That's like going as Clark Kent. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> like I can go as Clark Kent too. You know, that's like, eh. so. Uh, but yeah, Titans is uh, Titans is doing what Titans does. It's confusing me throughout the season. Um, but next, it's going up and down. It's going up and down. Yes, next episode is episode four. And we're going to see if some of this stuff ties in. They need to shed a little more light on me with Brother Blood. Like, I need to find out more about this villain, uh, what what's going on with this character. Because I don't even think that we've seen Brother Blood yet, have we? Well, I'm assuming that the Sebastian character is going to be Brother Blood. And the whole point is, is going either they're going to him. sacrifice him or like he's going to become him. Okay. So it definitely seems like, um, was it Mother Mayhem? So it definitely seems like that character has, you know, poised him to be the character that she's eyeballing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she was in the, the prison with him, which, you know, if she made that dude stab himself in the eyes with the scissors, holy 
Holy oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And, and Ashley just happened to look up at that scene right there. And she was like, what are you watching? I was like, I'm watching Teen Titans, the adult version. <laughs> she was like, what? Yeah. It gets dark. That's right. It does. It definitely does. I will say I like the tone of this universe and I like the color scheme and everything, but maybe just maybe I could do it just on my TV. I just just, just the brightness up just like like two notches. Yeah, only the only because like in dark. the scenes where it's like really dark, like wherever they're at, it's really dark on the television mm-hmm. as well. I mean, and it, you know, if it's pitch black in my room, it looks good, but how often is it pitch black in the room when I'm watching this? So that's the only thing I could say about that. But beyond that, man, um, I have faith in Titans. I like Titans. The first two episodes, I was really excited about. Third episode, not so much. But this is what Titans does. They're they're kind of a wishy-washy show. All in all, the product is pretty good. Every bite may not be good, but you're going to be satisfied with your meal. You know? Well, um, I, can, I can tell you something you probably don't want to hear. Oh, well, it's okay. I'll probably find it anyway. I'm sure you'll tell me at some point in time. What? We're halfway through the first half. Oh, that's right. You did tell me about that last week. Yeah, so we're going to have a big break. You know, this may actually work out better for them, to be truly honest with you. Because, like I said, the first two episodes, I was like, man, Titans are back. I'm so excited. And and maybe if I go back and watch the first two episodes, I wouldn't be as excited about it again because, you know, now they're back and I've seen it again. Maybe it's uh, um, what it happens makes the heart grow fonder. You know, like like, like me not having it for that long makes it that It did seem like that when it's coming back. Yeah. So, but not only that, if they do some sort of uh, any sort of tie-in whatsoever with Doom Patrol, since they're being threaded together, I think that would be a little bit interesting too. So we'll see. We have to see what they do. Yeah, want to see Superboy against uh, Cliff Steele? That'd be interesting. A lot of Fs thrown all over the place. (laughs) So many Fs. Hmm. Well, we normally talk more about Titans, but we got a big thing after this, and Sarah's not here, and Sarah's usually the big uh, Titans champion on this show. So, do you have anything else you want to bring up about this episode? Like I said, I wasn't as impressed with this episode of this season, but it's only the third episode. It's going to continue to give me stuff I like, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I felt a little bad because, I mean, you know, it came out the day after Andor. I don't think I watched it until... Friday morning or something. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's got a real tough job standing up next to Andor. Andor is such good TV in general, much less good Star Wars. Yeah. So I actually purposefully uh, yeah. watched Andor and then Peripheral and then Titans for that reason to separate because I knew I was going to love Andor. And I like Peripheral, but it's a kind of a different on a different level for me than, than these DC and, uh, you know, shows, Star Wars, Marvel shows. So. I separated them just for that, and it worked out well. I mean, well, I'd love the episode, but it worked out okay. So, all right, well, let's uh, let's do it, man. Let's hop into some Marvel Phase Four. Like, I bought tickets. I told you I went to the ten thirty showing. Uh, if you have to wake up early in the morning, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Uh, my <laughs> theater was packed. Uh, every showing that I saw at my theater was packed. There were very few seats left in every one. Luckily, I was going by myself, so it's easy like that. My daughter asked me, she's like, who goes to the movies by themselves? And I was like, well, I don't talk to people during the movie. So yeah. she was like, well, I guess that's a good point. I said, yeah. I was like, I'm going to talk to people after the movie, but I don't want you like bucking me during the movie asking me, what's this? And so like, so I, I don't mind going by myself. Plus, you know, if there's nobody in the handicap seats, you know, those things are big. Just they saying, they're, they're they're big seats, so 
I will gladly get up. If somebody if somebody wants me, if somebody needs that seat, I will gladly get up. But if nobody's taking them, yeah, that's where I'm going. Did you get the Ant Man trailer? I did. I got the Ant Man trailer. Oh. I got the um, dude that I, every time I watch that, I'm so like I, I'm just enamored by the this like the scale of it. It just I, I'm, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a very interesting movie. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what to think of it yet because to be truly honest with you, seeing this trailer was about the only thing I can remember from seeing from the Ant Man, the new Ant Man movie so far. Like, haven't been studying up on it, haven't right. looked at a lot of photos. Like, I I just I'm doing a having a much better time going into these movies knowing a little less than I would before. You know, like especially in this movie, there was a scene that I didn't even know was coming. I don't know if it was announced somewhere that this character was in this movie. Or what? And we'll talk about it as we get into Black Panther. But like me not oh, yeah, diving yeah. into this gave me that surprise, and I was like, "Oh, cool! That's awesome!" Right? There. It was rumored all over, but yes, I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Okay. Yeah. The uh, I, I just wanted to talk because I mean we only had two trailers this week, and one of them was uh, Avatar. I can't remember what the other one was, but seeing Ant Man on the big screen, I was like, "Oh, like I forgot! I forgot about everything else that I was watching." Mm-hmm. I was like, "This, this is gonna be so good." Yeah. Yeah, it has, it has the potential to be, you know, one of the favorites. But once again, I've thought about that about a lot of things, you know, from previews and not sure. liked it. And likewise, looked at previews and thought I wasn't going to like it and ended up loving it. So never know until you see it. Uh, I did get that, and I got the Shazam trailer, too. Did you get the Shazam trailer? I did not. Okay, I got the, the Shazam 2 trailer. It was new, had new stuff in it to me. It was longer okay. than the one I'd seen before. There was still some of the same stuff, but longer than before. Here's what's bothering me, and this is what's bothering you too, so I know you're going to agree with me. It's in the Shazam trailer. They have Henry Cavill's Superman. They have Ezra Miller's Flash. They have Jason Momoa's Aquaman. They have Ben Affleck's Batman. What are we doing? Yep. Like, what are we doing? I am totally cool with every one of those characters, except for Ezra Miller. You can get rid of that piece of trash. But, like, I'm totally cool with every other character. But don't tease me like this. Are they in this universe or not? Do not show me a picture of or Shazam talking about Batman and show Bruce Wayne standing on a gargoyle. Or mm-hmm. not Bruce, well, Bruce Wayne. Show me Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But show yeah, me yeah. Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne standing. You know, like, just, just don't do it, man. Like, I don't understand why, what they're doing. Like, here's the thing. If you don't know where you're going for in the future, just leave that out. Just leave it out. Like, it doesn't need to be in there. If it's going to be connective tissue, yes, I want to see it. But if it's not, I don't want it anymore. Get it out of here. Give me something fresh to start off with. Because I'm I'm not tired of seeing these characters. I'm tired of hearing about these characters and not seeing them. Well, in the same light, uh, except on the opposite end of the argument, um, you know, Henry Cavill's back. So who knows what you're going to get out of it. Like I said, this week has been Momo's week. He's been been talking about um, his Netflix movie coming out. Uh, The kid one? Yeah, whatever the sleep, sleep something other, um, Slumberland. Okay. So he's been talking about that as much as he can. And as he has, uh, you know, like I sent you or sent you the question, apparently on the 6th, he came out and was making some social media video talking about how excited he was, but he couldn't say anything about it. How he just got off the phone with, I'm assuming gun and was having a conversation and he was just. Jason Momoa is already the level of happiness that I wish I could be. Yeah. Like the man is just, uh, he's a fan of life. Like he, he is, when people say the phrase, like you're living your best life, the man is living his best life. 
I don't know what information he got. Um, you know, the the name Lobo has been thrown around countless, countlessly because he keeps oh. talking about how that was his favorite character. Oh, now he wants yes. that storyline. But I'm not sure, you know, or do you recast? Who knows? The problem is everything's up in the air. So, yes, the connective tissue is very faint and we don't know where it's going to connect to. But we're also getting parts of this, you know, universe that has already kind of been established slowly coming back. Right. Like I said before. I've never had a problem with the casting of any of the characters. It was always what they did with them. That that was my problem. And, you know, we all see that on varying levels of difference. So I don't know. Like, I don't know what we're going to be getting out of it, but this was a Marvel movie. Yes. 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 yes, What we're talking about is a Marvel movie. What we're walking into. And let's talk about this Marvel movie, man, because, uh, you know, it's funny because I see every movie the Thursday night or the Friday night comes out. Like now, that's just kind of my thing now. It's like my wife knows I'm going to do it, and like all my friends know I'm going to do it. Like so, like even my employees at work know I'm going to do it. So they always ask me the day after me because they're like, "God, how'd you like it? How'd you like it?" And I'm like, "Oh, you just assumed I went and saw it." And like, well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, that's... yeah, I did. Let me tell you what it's like. And and uh, the first question that I was asked this morning was, "Was it better than the first one?" Well, did you be, have a one word before you say that? Did you have like a one word? What, what was your my my one word for this movie was fuck, okay. like because like it hit like I I was feeling it sitting in the theater okay. just like with the weight of the movie. Yeah, I I would honestly I would say weight is a good word for, for yeah. this movie. You're right because it does carry a lot of weight. There's a lot of heart in this movie. This movie is more heart than action, hands down. Yeah, you know, but the action is good, but it's 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 a good story to tell. I don't agree with everything in this movie. I don't, I don't disagree with anything, but like some things I saw and I was like, ah, you could have done that better. Or I don't necessarily whatever, but you see that with every movie. But as far as the story for this movie goes, the story had a lot of heart to it. And it was a great tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Like from is the that what Mar- you told your employees. No, no, because no, like I said, the first question they asked me was, do you like I told them good things about it because I, I like the movie. Okay. But uh, the first question they asked me was, did you like it better than the first movie? And to be truly honest with you, until they asked me that question this morning, I never even thought about it. Oh, I never even thought about it. But I got to be honest. Before the Marvel credit rolled, I was like, this is going to be better than the first one. Because to me, the first one was not it. I watched it. I have not watched that movie more than once. Really? Okay. And I don't. Go ahead. I was going to say, this is where we may differ then. Because I actually, upon thinking about it, I think I like the first one better. They're both really I good like movies. This, I like you know? the Killmonger story. Yeah. I like. I understand his argument. I understand uh, how he plays a great villain. And, you know, that seems to be a lot of people's problems with the MCU is the villain question, villain conversation. Killmonger was great. Yes, they killed him off. I just didn't... I didn't like the whole structure of the first movie. Okay. Uh, even though Killmonger stole the show, I don't feel like it had like the gravitas you know like the i think ryan cougar can make some great stuff Mm. i just don't think that he makes like he didn't give me a uh uh it didn't make the movie didn't make me feel threatened right meaning that i didn't have something to be redemption worthy i guess you know like it wasn't not even redemption but something to come back from Mm -hmm. and i felt like the, the first one was a great plot but it could have been done totally differently and still gotten the same weight out of Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman together on screen. Mm-hmm. And so that was my only beef with it. 
I think the first one was one that I knew when I came out of theaters. I remember telling uh, one of my buddies, I was like, this may be a top five Marvel movie for me. It did end up being a top five. Um, but of m the Marvel movies, when I flipped through the library and the catalog of things to watch, it's one of the ones that I've turned back on a number of times because I, I just enjoy that movie. I like I enjoy the acting in that movie. The characters are great. I, I love Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. He did just oh, such yeah. a great job. And I think, honestly, that movie felt so much more connected to the universe than, than this movie does. And maybe for me, that's why, not saying this movie's not, but it felt like that because I knew so much more about what was going on in the universe. And I'm kind of lost in this universe right now. I don't really know what's happening. And that's fine. I don't, I'm not saying they have to cater to me, but just personally, I'm, I'm kind of lost of where they're going. I don't see a direction. And maybe they're just not pointing in one direction right now. But maybe that's why I felt more comfortable with the first Black Panther. Um, but I did really enjoy this movie. It's, it sucks. It's like it's like when I have the, the Jordan-LeBron conversation. I'm a LeBron guy over Jordan. But that doesn't mean that I want to talk shit about Jordan. Mm -hmm. You know, Jordan's still a great, he's still an amazing player. But it, um, automatically people assume when you like one thing, you hate the other. And it's not always true. Like, I, I, I enjoyed both these movies. Um, it's It's... I don't think I'll go see it in theaters again, but I'll definitely give it a view again. You know, I'll definitely whenever it's uh, it's available for me to watch on at home, I'll definitely give it a view again because there were some things I'm sure I missed on it. But uh, let's 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 break it down. Let's get into it. What um what'd you like about? Well, that? remind remind me if we don't run too long, I'll, I'll bring up an article that I saw that was talking about basically like your mindset on the MCU. But okay. the uh, my only uh, caveat to what you just said was that as much as I like Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, mm -hmm. I feel like his greatest performances are um, in all the other movies. And so with all of that, um, with his civil war introduction, with his, um, you know, spot in infinity war mm -hmm. and, you know, he comes back as, you know, the, the face in the portals and in, in in game, game yep. there's so much, you know, that he, that he brings to this, and I thought that he was perfect. I hated seeing him go, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, the movie started off cold open. Mm -hmm. And not only cold open, but the weight of that funeral, not the weight of the funeral, the, the quiet Marvel scene. I mean, it was just so, so much, mm -hmm. so much. I thought that was just, that, that was the moment it was hook, line, and sinker for me. Yeah. I, I will say, you know, I talked about the weight of this movie and, and that opening scene, it does, it like pulls you right back in. And it's almost, it's like a chance for the audience to say goodbye. Cause it was, it was a, like the Chadwick Boseman thing was a very, very abrupt, unannounced, like, like unexpected thing. I remember the night it happened podcasting, not knowing anything about him being sick or anything. I don't think anybody did. And just getting the announcement. And like, it just shocked the world. And I don't think, anybody not that not that we deserve closure for this thing but you know we loved him as a character and this was a moment to kind of give fans a little bit of closure like it's fans saying goodbye to the character for the last time and i love the way they did that um the the mother in this in this movie like there there's definitely a difference in acting between the mother and shiri you know they're both trying to portray the same kind of thing as far as um loss and mourning for 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 uh, T'Challa, but I like the way the mother does it a lot better than than Shuri. Like to me, Shuri acts like a little kid about it, and she is a younger yeah. younger child about it. She actually is a little sister. The mother acts like a strong mother, and and I, and I love that. 
and the acting and some of those scenes with them, with their emotions. Like I said, I didn't necessarily like the way Shuri portrayed all her emotions in this because there were sometimes where I was like, okay, I know you're going to get out of this. Let's just get out of this, you know? But the way she portrayed that was really, really well done. She showed some emotions. Letitia Wright had already has a lot of like heat in the public eye period, but then filming this movie, you know, she is truly, truly somber about the um, passing of Chadwick in real life and all the things that went behind this movie to start off the filming of this, you know, were so heavy for all of the actors and actresses in it. Mm-hmm. So what's crazy is that you, they, they give her the, the largest hurdle to jump over trying to, she felt like she couldn't save him mm-hmm. and that stuck with her. And because she's logic over reason and she keeps trying to, to make up all of these reasons why logic should have worked and didn't. And mm-hmm. she felt like she was too late and you're right. You wanted this movie just to be like her hurrying up and getting through that. But the whole point of it was that she needed to get over it at some point in her own way. And she basically, you know, I don't want to say, you know, she Tony Starked it and worked her way through it to figure out how to get the, the heart shaped plant back in, in the play after Killmonger killed it all in the first movie. But mm-hmm. what we got was just kind of just that. Yeah. But even when she was able to do it, she had to work past that. Right. And you know, to be truly honest with you, I, I forgot about the the heart shaped herb herb as they say it in this, herb. Uh, herb as they say it in this movie. Um, I forgot about that 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 Killamonger destroyed all those because like the the when I was first watching it, and I was like, well, I was like, why don't you just be Black Black Panther? Like 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 I thought she was just doing it out of spite. Like I just don't want to be Black Panther. But no, it was a matter of you couldn't. Nobody could. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay. Then I remembered that I was like, that makes more sense now. That 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 gives that story a little bit more validity there. Um, I love them bringing back all like the characters too. Like like absolutely love it. Like uh, Nakia and uh, Koye and all them. Like I absolutely love these characters in this series. The the actor the roles they portray. I will say though, I don't like the suits that she made for Koye and 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 oh all the. the the what do they call them? Midnight purple, Angel or something like yeah, that? Yeah. It it was too, like, Disney Predator for That's me. That's exactly what I was thinking, you yes. Know, like, and, and, I, and I have no basis with this in the comics, so I don't know if it's comic book accurate, and if, if it is or isn't, it doesn't matter. It was just one thing that I saw, and I was like, eh. Now, that being said, if somebody gave me that suit, hell yeah, I'd wear it. Of course oh, yeah. I would. I would wear yeah. it. Yeah, you know, because I can't make stuff. No doubt, no problem. But uh, but just, I don't know, man. It, it just didn't sit right with me. And and um, love the characters. And and I do like the idea of them coming back with kind of super powered suits, almost like Iron Man type suits, you know. Uh, but I just didn't like the look of it. But you know, it's hit or miss with that. What do you think of Ironheart? Uh, really liked Riri's character. I thought that you know she played a slightly immature, over intelligent kid. You know, she was 19 years old. Mm. She's super duper smart. How she got her hands on all this junk and made it all look so cool. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, she had like an exoskeleton suit to start off with. Um, it's very similar to Tony Stark. Yeah. More, I like the scene fun. of. Um, who was it? Oh, Shuri Okoye and her in the dorm. 
you know, it's where, you know, she just, she's throwing something at Koye. She whips out the spear and Shuri's just like, you brought a spear in here. And then you got Riri, Riri, who's just in the background going, you brought a spear in here. And just <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that 19 year old, like it just mm. worked. Yeah. I'm, I was a fan of her character without knowing enough about it. I'm good. I can't wait to see a TV show. I'm assuming the TV show is going to take place after all of this. Now that she has technology, she wasn't allowed to take the suit back with her, but she knows how to make it. But I mean, yep. All she needs is the resources. And like what I thought one thing was going to be is that, you know, the suit had a little bit more, uh, uh, vibranium stuff in it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how much it did and how much it didn't, but, I'm also not sure on like what she's using for blaster propulsion and all that. Right. Kind of stuff. <laughs> to powers up. Yeah. We, questions to be answered for sure. Look, I don't know anything about the Ironheart character. Uh, 2016 was created by Brian Michael Bendis. I know that. Cause I looked it up today. So, which is probably why I don't know much about the character. I haven't read a lot of newer comics, uh, especially Marvel. Um, but I did look up some stuff today. The, the, the suit was okay. Like it, you know, if you're going to have a super iron suit, okay. It, it looked, you know, all right. I did. I don't know if I necessarily like the, the, the idea that her face came off in like a heart shape. It's like we're hitting it. And, and then her little generator was a heart shape too. It's like, we're hitting it a little too on the nose here, you know? And then I didn't understand why her helmet had grooves for dreadlocks. <laughs> like, did it? I didn't it pay did. attention to that. It did. I, hmm. I, was, I was like, that's really, really strange. That's a really strange choice that they would choose to do that. But it wasn't something that, like, may, pissed me off or, like, maybe not like the character. Uh, I just, I need more of this. I think I could like this character. I like the actors who played her, and I like the way she portrayed the character. I just don't know enough about her. I think that if I if I got a TV series from her, I could like it. I think they need to change the suit, though. Uh, the helmet thing doesn't bother me. It's just the overall suit was just not working for me. You know? It looked very, um, uh, it, it, it looked like, you know, I've seen like, you know, kids toys, like we, they, they look like almost like kindergarten or preschool, like from like a Disney plus show mm -hmm. or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Or a Disney show in general, it looked very much like that as an Iron Man suit. Like if you were to take it and make it look a little bit more wonky, like some of the stuff that's on TV now. That's exactly what my mind thought. And I was like, you know what? But this isn't her movie. I know that she is getting a show. It's already like it has a premise and cast and everything else. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't have a date yet. So we're going to be getting it. And I hope that, you know, they do something with it. Yeah. You know, the one thing with this character I was looking at last night and I was like, man, I was like, you're telling me that she just built this suit and then all of a sudden she can fly it. And just be cool with it. And I was like, that's not really real. And I thought about it. And I was like, but then again, Tony Stark did fly <laughs> the suit the first time he, the first night he painted it and he flew it pretty well the next day. So I was like, well, okay. Yeah, I guess so. If you're that smart, you're that smart. And, you know. I mean, so. as someone who probably has a, a much greater knowledge, though, I mean, I, I guess if she's super, yeah, there's no good argument to have there. Like it's no, she's a superhero. She knows how to use her suit. That, that, yeah. That's the art. That's, that's, that's all there is to it. You know, I'm going to um, find the, the pictures, but there are pictures of her suit um, that were totally different than what we actually got to me. They were totally different than what we got in the actual movie, which would make more sense as to Shuri. Telling actually, I just, take it with I just found them. I'll send them to you in just a second, but yeah, you take a look at them and like, tell me what you think. Oh, they're on my phone. Oh, you're on your phone. Okay. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. Ross. Uh, always like this guy's character. I think he does a great job. He plays a slightly different character in this one than he does in the other one. He seems more um, put together in in, yeah, the, in, the, in this one than he did in the last one. The last one, he seems kind of uh, frantic and not really knowing what he's doing. He's behind the eight ball and everything. And I get it. He's, he's just learning about Wakanda and everything else. But this one, he seems a lot more put together with the exception of uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, Valentina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny that I can remember the names of the actors some, a lot of times, but I can't remember the name of their characters they play. It's weird. But uh, yeah, I, did we know before this movie that they were married? No. Was that a little so. knowledge, nugget dropped here? Okay. Yeah, it definitely felt like it was a like an in-passing conversation piece, and uh, they just definitely dropped that bomb, which, I mean, it made how she was able to read him and apparently bug the bracelet, bug the beads. I'm like, Cause I don't know how you do that. How do you bug that? They're they're already unexplainable in how they work, but how do you bug that? I just really don't get cool it. To have some, uh, oh, really totally. Cool to they have do some. everything. Mm-hmm. It's either that I either want that in the future, or I want the uh, the communication like they have in Peripheral, where you can just like that call is somebody by cool. doing that. And and that's the future right there, buddy. I'm telling you, people having implants for stuff like that. That is the damn future. It's going to happen I in agree. our lifetime. I promise you, it will. Um, all right, we can't talk about this movie without talking about Namor and his race of people. So I did find it interesting that they go back to 1500s when they show him getting his Mm -hmm. powers and they show uh, and and then they go to his mother dying and they go back to this land to bury his mother and there's people that are being taken over by slave owners I guess you would call it and of course the slave owner has to be a old white man because old white men are the only people in the world that have ever owned slaves, even though there's still countries that do it to this day. And it's been done since the history beginning of history, but I uh, did find that, you know, well, there you go. Um, I liked Namor, the character. I liked his, I liked the actor. The look didn't sit right with me at the beginning, but it worked for me. You know, eventually grew on me. It worked for me. It was just fine. I, the fear that I had did come true, though. It just looks weird having a guy fly with little bitty wings on his ankles. Yeah, it just but looks weird, it's, you know? uh, there is. I tried thinking about that whenever I saw the trailer, and it was how do you make that look good while still keeping the idea of it? The whole fact is that he's supposed to be the first mutant. I don't know how you do it, man. Like, I don't know how you bring. There's a lot of things with his uh, species, not even his because he's a mutant, but his species that I, I've come to difficult grasp with. And, you know, the him having the winged feet, like where did it come from and why was it necessary? And if they're feathered, why are they feathered when he is like an underwater species? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's a lot of that. But at the same time, there's also... You know, smallpox was the problem why the people were dying. Mm-hmm. They essentially found uh, something equivalent to the heart-shaped herb. Mm-hmm. And they were able to turn it into something to help their species. Mm-hmm. I don't, they were just humans. I mean, they weren't species. They were Mayans is what they were. Mayans right. and, you know. <laughs> well, I think the ones that were blue too were, soon actually, party Cancun. were actually a type of mutant, right? The ones that were blue were the ones that mutated. The other ones were humans that had adapted to being able to breathe underwater and everything else that they, this is how I took it. Cause right, not everybody were, was blue. 
No, 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 no. That, because that right there is one of my main my main problems. They turned blue when they came out of water. Oh, okay. That makes and which, but what doesn't make sense is that they wore their little water mask on their face. Yeah, I didn't like that. They didn't breathe water in. They were. They even helped to explain it in Shuri's little lab. They were able, like, what Namor is able to do is to actually breathe water through his skin. Mm-hmm. And so their skin changes colors when they come up and above water and they turn blue. He doesn't because he was born of one of those species. All right. He's the only which, one with the, with the, sh- the ears and the wing feet. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I, I really have to kind of pick that apart to really truly explain it. But just to stick on with what they gave me and what I do know, if these people turn blue when they come up out of water, like why would you need a mask on your face? Like, why wouldn't you just, you know, have like a water sack anywhere or around you? You know, think of uh, something a la Hellboy, you know, what the the guy that was with the Abraham, mm. that character in Hellboy. You know, he had his own little bubble and everything else that helped him breathe. But more importantly, if you're by the ocean, isn't there enough moisture in the air? You yeah, would think if you're here, you're going to start. <laughs> We're picking things apart here. Yeah. Way too far. Yeah. I, I just I will, didn't like it. Yeah. I, I, like I will the, say I didn't like the blue. I didn't like the blue characters. Like I didn't think that they looked good. Like it didn't look menacing. It didn't look like somebody I would fear. Well, don't get me wrong. Somebody blue like that comes running at me. I'll probably run, but <laughs> we like, don't understand it. That's, you know, fear is I always just, not under understanding. Yeah. I, I feel like they could have done a better job with that. I thought Namor looked all right. Like I said, the wing thing was weird for me, but if I just, Imagine him just floating without the wings flapping like Superman. Then I was like, okay, I'm cool with that. I guess what it was for me, it was like, it was almost like he would, when he was swimming underwater, he was running underwater. And I was like, that's kind of weird. But at the same time, I don't have those powers. So I don't know. Well, if was that's he actually, I was... didn't even pay attention to the underwater. Well, it, it was his the movements, the, the way like his legs moved, like when he would push through the water, it was like he was running through the water. And it was like, that's, I mean, he was leaned forward, but it was just kind of weird. But once I thought again, the the weirder part was him doing it in the air. Yeah. Like he's not only just flying and like staying steady, but whenever it looked like he was jumping from you know, like space to space, mm-hmm. it looked very video game-ish to me. Yeah. And so I was trying to, but it did, it did in the trailer too. I just kind of accepted it in the movie. I think I come from the era that when I see people underwater all the time, they need to just be flapped doing their legs like mermaids. Like, and if they're not doing that, it doesn't feel right. Even Jason Momoa, like with the whole Superman underwater thing, you know, just flying didn't feel right at first, but I adapted yeah. to it and it came out. Okay. I mean, their underwater parts weren't bad for me. Uh, the only thing Atlantis I found, though. it didn't look as good as Atlantis. Yeah. In, in Aquaman, uh, no. The only thing I found myself beating my head against was the, him having his big ass speech when he had his headdress on and he was sitting in the, the shark jaws. I was, was trying to understand. It is. Throne. Look, that scene was really nice, but that, them trying to talk was what, I was struggling with and which was just me. Like, that's just my problem. I got to get over that. There is a lot in this movie that look, I liked this movie. Mm -hmm. It was, it was well done. I think that the, them attacking Wakanda was a much better scene than the end fight. And I think that the car chase scene with that was much better than like the end fight. I love Mm -hmm. those little bits. I love the action in this movie. The end one was a little bit weird. Just 
it was a weird idea to take, you know, that ship. I know what they were after. They were mm. after Namor to try to, you know, completely segregate him from the rest of the crew. Mm. And they did that. They were successful. The, the, the plot line worked out. But I really liked other bits of this movie a whole lot more than uh, than the actual ending sequence. Yeah. That is the big thing. The third scene was kind of difficult. Like, I got a question. Does Black Panther heal? Is that one of his powers, is healing? Yeah. Okay. That okay, then I can I can live with Shuri taking a spear, spear. straight straight yeah. through her stomach and her vital organs and kind of walking away from it then if that's the case. If if they have the ability to heal. I wasn't sure. And I was like, Wait I don't know how fast like I don't know if it's like a you know, you can take multiple multiple blows before like it just becomes redundant, but yeah. yeah. She she took a pretty good one. <laughs> like a pretty the suit good. is actually supposed to be really good. I mean, you, you saw uh um T'Challa take a uh bullet to the hand in well, civil war but they but that they was made an a, old suit but they made it a point to say that namor's uh spear was pure like raw vibranium like it was like the spear of all spears so and that's that, what i was questioning that made little, too they made a little more sense there were multiple spears was that his or was that one that was just on the ship mm, i don't know that's a good point it's a good question i have to go back and review it and check it out i'm not sure um there was one, oh yeah, and then the other thing with the third with the final act, like you said, they had that ship out there, and I, I get the premise of it, and I get the idea, but like, there's the one point where there's very few Wakandans left, and they're being overrun, and they run into yeah. this corner, and they're like holding them in this corner for like ten minutes of the movie, and I'm like, no, if they pushed them back there, you're just gonna push them off, like, are you yep. gonna kill them? But they're holding them there for like ten minutes, and I'm like, why, why that that wasn't that little scene of them being at the edge should have only been shown right as the resolution to the conflict came, you yeah. know, they showed that way too early to the point where like, well, how long are we going to stand here on this edge with them holding spears at us and them not attack us after they've been killing us this whole time. And if that's the ratio of like survivors, um, they waited way too long, you know, like that's why <laughs> I say, I don't think that the end battle was that great. Parts of it were really good. Look, uh, even to start off with, because it wasn't the first time we saw it, because there's other scenes in this movie that happened way beforehand. Um, I don't know. If, do we see, keep talking about the end or do we jump around? Jump around. Okay. All right. So like right off the bat, um, when the queen goes and addresses the UN, you know, she's sitting there and she's having the conversations and everyone else is like, you know, like, why won't you give us your stuff? Like it's their right, you know? That's the whole point of them remaining as a hidden, a hidden country, mm. was that they they had a power and they had a way of life and they didn't want to you know make everyone a part of that because greed essentially was coming back to, to make that become a problem. Um, that capture scene where they they took the I'm assuming they were French um, special forces mm. and just I mean straight up made them look like trash. Mm-hmm. But then you have the next underwater scene where they're trying to get the other vibranium and they, they find it underwater. That's where we figure out that it not only comes from Wakanda, but it also comes from underwater, mm-hmm. which makes sense because why it would only be in Wakanda. No one knows. Well, remember that's the only place they know that the meteor hit from that, right. that was how it got to Wakanda. So, but the, uh, the scene with the, um, I don't know. What are we going to call? What's the name of his species? Uh, Namors. Namors. Oh, I don't know. I keep wanting to say Atlanteans, but um, we'll say... Um, we'll just call them the underwater people. 
when they came out and they started doing their little siren singing, I'm like, that's a cool aspect that they didn't need to incorporate, Mm -hmm. but they made it work very well. Mm -hmm. And it also made me wonder like, why do you need the mask on at that point? They're all in water, so on and so forth. That's when I started getting a little crazy with it. But I do like that little siren singing aspect and they kept on trying to pull it and show it off again. Mm -hmm. But the end battle had them bringing one subsonic sort of cannon underwater to actually try to, you know, disperse the wildlife. One. Yeah. One. Yeah. I know they definitely underestimated that. And then maybe they were rushed. Who knows? I know that I, I love those aqua bombs. What are those water right? bomb things they had? Those things were awesome. And what a cool I idea love how they packed a whole a bunch punch. of them up. Yeah. <clears throat> I, the, the, they do need to explain a little more about water traveling in this. Like, how does Namor get from, like, the ocean to, like, coming up out of, like, a, a body of water that's not connected to the ocean? In any way, well, I don't think that he, they were in a lake, were they? I don't know. Like, I mean... the. Maybe I don't know. I don't know the whereabouts of Wakanda or like the the layout of it. I mean, they do have water there, so maybe it does run into the ocean. I'm not sure. Oh, that definitely seemed like it was like a <laughs> wide uh, throat of body, if you will, of water. Okay. Oh, maybe I don't know. I'm trying to think what else. Um, so I did not expect the mother to die. True. I, I get the I get the point behind it. I did not expect it though. I didn't understand it either. Because, like, her and uh, Ironheart both get knocked into this water, right? And Ironheart's below her. And she's conscious. She swims down to her. And she brings her up to the top. But when she gets to the top, she's unconscious. I'm like, how does that work? Unless, like, unless, unless in, like, the last five feet. Because we saw her swimming up to, like, the last five feet of water. Unless, like, she passed out right at that point. Like five feet before she hit the surface. It's physical know? exertion. So what you yeah. do have is, you know, what? Look, it, it's it's stupid to they, say that it's scientifically proven, but if you get knocked out, you're not going to breathe as fast and as crazy as you would be if you're trying to physically exert yourself to to time. swim, and not only that, but to use your body. So when uh, Riri was knocked out, you know, she's essentially just breathing like normal, and she's sinking because like as she's breathing water in, she's taking water in. Mm-hmm. Whereas the mother, you know, when you go through that rate of like your heart rate going like crazy, mm-hmm. at some point you have to stop and actually breathe. And if she doesn't make it up, but then that last five feet and actually take a breath, then she's going to be a lot worse off. Right. Then Riri uh, was the whole entire time. You also had to have some kind of way to show that she saved, she sacrificed herself for, her. yeah, <laughs> you know, for Riri. So, I mean, that's, that's the simple way, simple solution to that, but. And the other hurdle, the other struggle for Shuri to go through. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I did not, this, the surprise was, I did not know Killamonger was in this movie. Spoilers. So very small scene, a couple scenes, uh, very, very, the presence is there. The reason for him being there is sound and, uh, it, it gives more to Shuri's storyline with him being the one she saw on the plane. You know, um, and once again, I loved him in that role. I think he's a great actor, and he just did so. I didn't think I'd ever see him again on on screen. Um, and and you know, he did a great job. He's not wrong. Like most good yeah. villains, he's not wrong. 
you know that's what that's what makes them good mm-hmm. you know like they have i i found it strange that uh he was the only one that she came in contact with and uh look i'm never gonna understand the logic behind that because there isn't <laughs> well, it's I magic think- they go to another plane so on and so forth but yeah i think the way she explained it was it's who comes to you because that's why she was mad at her mother and her father and her brother because she said nobody came to me. And that's mm-hmm. why she didn't believe it was true because she didn't believe nobody would come to her. And then, of course, the mother in the end does give her that little scene there. So yeah, it's 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 it's, it's all full story. Like I said, it, this movie has a lot of heart and yeah. it's it's a lot of the MCU and this world dealing with the loss of Chadwick Boseman and the loss of the Black Panther. I mean, even to the point where they even made it described it as the disease that he died from in, in, in the movie. And it's like, well, they really, really, you know, they, they hit things on the head, but they paid a really, really good respect to an amazing actor. So. The, yeah, like, a, uh, there's not enough that I can say about what they made me feel watching this movie. Mm-hmm. With all of that background, uh, Marvel, Chadwick, Black Panther, my my theater was like you know clapping like crazy at the end. I don't know about yours, but I mean like mm-hmm. you know everyone was definitely going crazy over it. It was like one thirty um, in the morning for me, but yeah, people were still clapping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, they they pulled off a very good tribute and sequel and part of the universe edition all at the same time. Yeah. Like it was, uh, I don't want to say it was flawless, but it was really, really well done. Um, what did you think about the new Black Panther suit? I like it. Uh, I, I examined it over and over and over again when she, when I first saw it and I was like, okay, what do I like about this? What don't I like about this? And the more and more I looked at it, I was like, Okay, it looks pretty badass. Like I like how it it because she has always has in any kind of ceremony she has she has those white dots mm-hmm. on her face anytime you ever see her and it incorporated that in the suit, which I mm-hmm. thought was pretty cool. Beyond that, it wasn't much different than the last suit you saw him in at the end of Black Panther two or Black Panther the the gold well yeah the gold one. It wasn't that much different than that. Um, just had a little more color to it and a little more gold. But I he thought didn't it was good. The gold one did he? Did Killmonger had the gold one. Okay, well I knew what I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, that's what I was trying to figure out with the, and you know, I thought that's why she ended up going with the gold. Um, it, I would have been okay if it didn't look so, you know, like freshly polished, but I guess if it's a brand new suit, you know, you're pulling a brand new car out of the garage. Right. Um, I didn't think it was too crazy. No, that's not what I want to say. I thought it was a little crazy with the color, with the, with the gold and the silver and everything else, but I didn't think like it went way, way too far. I thought that it rode the fucking line. Like I thought that it was very much like, not my choice, but not like a bad one. Right. And so, it, it, like, if they'd have put too much more detail on it, it would have been overboard. It would have been yeah. messing up something that already looks good. I, I do that all the time when I'm making stuff. I'll just add too much. I'm like, no, nah, let me go back and take this and this and this away. It was good the way it was. But, but all in all, I thought it, you know, it looked pretty decent. Uh, dang, yeah. was one, one thing I wanted to say. You just mentioned something I had it in my mind. I usually write it down as soon as I think something like that, and I forgot to just now. Well, it was the adaption of Killmonger uh, colors into her suit that was what I was really figuring the gold kind of came from. Uh, we we see that, you know, she is quietly and like cautiously embracing the fact that when she is 
understanding that, you know, it's not, she's not looking for revenge, you know, and when she does end up like ultimately not killing Namor and like trying to find a way. And then, you know, we get the towards the end where it's, you know, she starts to get like a level head on her shoulders. It's, it all starts to make like a little bit more sense to me. But even then, like you get to like the, man, you get to the, you get to that mid credit scene. Yeah. And like it, this movie opened and closed with trying to like rip the damn tears out of your eyeballs. Oh yeah. It's, it's so funny too, because like now, anytime I get to the end of the movie, first thing I do is pull my phone out and check like mid credit scene, post credit scene is there, you know, which he came out and said there wasn't a post credit scene, which he wasn't wrong, but well, I didn't stay for anything. So, cause I, cause I went out and Google, like after the mid credit scene, I was like, I looked up Google. I was like, and every, like a bunch of people, the were still sitting down. I got up and I was like, I held my phone. I was like, Google says there's nothing. <laughs> and everybody in the theater started getting up and walking away. I was like, okay, cool. I have that power with Google. Yeah. Um, but was there a post? No. So was, what I was saying was that, uh, Ryan came out pretty early on. I was like, there is no post credit scene for this movie. Okay. Now I'm cool um, with give me a mid credit yeah. scene. I'm okay with waiting for the post credit. I'm done with that now. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And not only that, but I mean, like, how do you follow that mid credit scene up? I mean, like, there isn't like I I thought that it was already enough of what they did, but man, when they bring out, you know, and look, I don't even know that the kid actor has anything to do with like the Bozeman family. Like, I have I have no recollection knowledge or anything about all that i was gonna look it up last night but i was like i'm fine with it like i just kind of want to like sit in it for a while Mm -hmm. i thought the kid looked a little tacky that's just me no problem but it meant so much and the fact that everyone knew except for shuri that was her point and actually figuring out that you know t'challa had a kid and his name was actually t'challa also crazy man why would you keep that from her well, that, that was the only thing going on in mind. If the mother knew, chat I don't think the mother knew until the mother showed up in Haiti. Okay, so that, that scene where she showed up, maybe like she, it was she a, did just say she knew about her or about yeah. him. So I wasn't sure, but I don't know. Maybe, I mean, a, a really well kept secret. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. Uh. I mean, the movie was definitely trying to, to tug at the heartstrings, you know, there very much the so. because this was a post-credit scene. Unlike most, this was like a three or four minute post-credit scene. Like most of them are like 30 seconds. Just oh, this was a tribute. This, this was a, yeah, this was a, 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 it was, it was, it was their chance to let everyone gather together as like fans and on screen actors to have a moment without making it a moment, you know, mm-hmm. like without saying, you know, Hey, we're all here, sit down, let's have a moment of silence, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was like your last moment to actually have with, uh, with not only with Chadwick and black Panther, but with like the expansion of like bringing more to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and just knowing, even though I know it's in a movie that that storyline can live on, it is pretty cool, you know, and knowing that, I mean, Marvel's definitely doing something with this in the future, right? You don't put something in there like that without doing something to it in the future. Got to. So we'll see what happens with that. But it was a, like I said, this was a closure movie for a lot of Black Panther fans. It was a great tribute to an awesome actor, a great contributor to this franchise, and a guy who just got taken from us too too soon, man. And they did a really, really good farewell to him. I, I felt like, I feel like I'm ready to move on now. 
Like, I didn't know how I was going to handle it, man. And like, uh, this has come from me. Like, I, I didn't know how I was going to handle it. Cause I really liked the character. And I was like, man, how are they going to replace this character? But I think they, with the exception of a few things in the movie that, that I either would change or, you know, didn't necessarily love, which I have in every movie. Um, they did just such a great job of, of, of paying homage to him, of sending him off and getting me ready for Wakanda and the black Panther storyline moving forward. Like, yeah post Chadwick Boseman that was what I needed I've heard a lot of talk from people and it always comes back to like how is this movie going to be received Uh, I don't think that this movie will see a whole lot of negative anything about it like Black Panther already had um, an enormous fan base Mm -hmm. with like black people in general like it like it it's it's a culture movie if you yeah. want to talk about a culture movie not only an MCU movie like black panther brought in so many people yeah and then you get this and i mean like they knocked it out of the park with making making everyone miss and openly like care for Chadwick Boseman and Black Panther because like you said he didn't tell anyone that he was sick. No, he was working He kept it that in his time. complete yeah. inner circle. Yeah. And he worked through being sick the whole entire time. Like he, he lived his best days at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They um th- this movie man like I said it's 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 a it's a good tribute and I feel like that if you go see this movie and even if you don't love it I don't think that there's anything in this movie that's so bad that it can take away from the good parts. Like there are so many good yeah. parts about this movie that, that that they could probably even have a few more bad things in there. And I'd still say, well, it's a pretty damn good movie. Like I had a lot of real, like the great parts are way up here. Some of the Very lower stuff so. is kind of in here, but the great parts are way, way, way up here. And it's just, it was just awesome to see. Like, I'm really, I, I haven't felt that good coming out of the theater in a while, even though it was one 30 in the morning and I was dog ass tired. I was like, man, that, that was awesome. And, and, a judgment for me is always when I wake up the next day, like when I'm at my job and I'm casing mail, what am I thinking about? If I just went and saw a movie the night before and I can't stop thinking about that movie, I like that movie. And that was the way it was for me this morning. You know, there's a lot of movies where I'll go see and the next day. I'm not even thinking about it while I'm working. I'm like, well, that didn't stick well with me. You know, this movie I've been thinking about all day long and have been excited to talk about it tonight. So, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about it next week. So I'm sure Sarah's going to want to talk about it too. Yeah. I was, I was already going to say, I know we're not, we're not hitting on everything, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to be talking about it again next week. I, um, I, I will definitely say that, uh, if it were me, I don't know what the plan is for the MCU and black Panther and so on for, you know, going forward, Mm -hmm. but I would have turned this into a two parter and I would have kept Namor the bad guy. And I would have built the whole scene up to, you know, him, basically trying to destroy Wakanda and then the second half being the, the redemption arc. And I thought that you could have told a longer, better story through two movies. And not only that, but you could have, you know, really given the heart and compassion for this one for Chadwick right off the bat and still carry that into like finding about finding out about the child and like the end of the second one. Right. And uh, that that actually was one thing that I did say this morning. One complaint, not a complaint, but one thing I negative. I told the fellows at work this morning. I was like, you know, it's it's a long movie, but even with it being a long movie, it's still at some points in times feels kind of rushed. Yeah. So I feel I feel like they could have either a made it longer, which people wouldn't have liked, or they could have made it into two different movies. You know, and, and that's, I liked you know, Evil Namor. 
I think that you know they could have really rocked with oh, yeah. that for a minute. Yeah, because he could have been. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that calm evil about him. You know, mm-hmm. like just wait, I'm going to fuck you up in a minute. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, but yeah, man. All in all, uh, I would say you want to give it a number grade, one out of ten. Uh, it gets a it gets a good high eight. Uh, like I, I really just right now thinking off the cuff. Mm. It was a good movie. It had also had a lot more of like true life going into it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's going to win a lot no matter what. Yeah. It's so it carried a lot of baggage. Yeah. Yeah. And I handled it well. Uh, I'm right there with you, man. I, I, that's right. What I was thinking was right in that eight range. Um, it could go up. If I watch it again, I doubt it'll go down. Like I said, I don't think the bad parts, I don't think I'm going to watch this movie and see something I didn't see before. It's going to be like, Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, I think everything bad I've seen, everything bad about this movie, I've already seen, and I'm okay with. I'm just ready to find more cool stuff about this movie. And like I said, I'm not going to go see it in theaters again, but I will definitely give this one another viewing. I need to compare. I need to watch the first one and watch the second one, like back to back, to really get yep. a good comparison of which one I like more. I still think I like the first one better, but this is a good movie. I recommend it for anybody. Yeah, yeah I don't know how. Uh, I mean, no time frame rise. It, it fits in pretty much right where it's supposed to. You know, we're only six months out from the events of Endgame in time, like true time wise, like all that stuff happened in 2023. And so if we're like really talking about how uh, we're catching up to the time frame where all these movies actually should be taking place, this one definitely, it brought up Thanos. It talked about the five year, well, actually six years that, uh, what was, uh, shoot, what's Lupita's character's name? the mother of the, you know, the mother of the child, um, but she was gone for six years. And, you know, when she lost Chadwick or the, oh, she lost uh, T'Challa. Nakia. Yeah. Which by and the so, way, my goodness gracious, she was looking good in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like not saying she doesn't know, but my goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. But, like, Oh man. Yeah. I could definitely, but see yeah, you get, like you get, uh, you get you, you get so many good things out of it and you know it's it's unfolding like we're was this was, i think was this the last movie in this phase so this is this ends phase five does it i believe so oh okay i didn't know that yeah um wow i'll okay. only say it we can talk about it for a, a quick couple minutes and then really that's it uh, an article I read that was the top 10, oh, uh, what is it? Redditor complaints or mm-hmm. I guess praises about the MCU phase five. Mm-hmm. And there, I don't know if they're in any particular order, but like number one was too many releases. Okay. Number two is a lot. Yep. Formulaic Disney plus shows. Okay. Number three was, Audiences with high expectations. That's true. Yep. Very much. I mean, how do you come off the, you can't come off the infinity saga without high expectations. Yep. Uh, Underwhelmed by character arcs. Some, some I have been, some I've really enjoyed. Yeah. So I can see that. Uh, This one says hit or miss, which I guess either you like it or you don't like it. I think that's kind of the same thing as, you know, not liking character arcs, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, one of them was breaking the mold, 
which I guess if you were to talk about how, if there was like the, the, the Trinity, like the big three right off the bat, you know, it kind of broke the mold of like how they told those stories, which a lot of people complained that those stories weren't, there wasn't anything wrong with them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're also looking at the evolution of a lot of things, not just filmmaking and like, you know, the advancement of characters and like, you know, that the more IP they have their hands on and everything else. Um, fan bait. Mm, that's always been here. Yeah. Uh, fan bait that's always been there, you know. pretty much what I thought about. When the Internet uh, got really strong and Marvel got popular, it was yeah. fan bait was inevitable. So characters have the same personality. I guess you uh, get some of that and you don't. Some, yeah. Some, some, yeah. Some, no. And then people were complaining about no team-ups, which, look, I, the team-ups come with time. This Phase 5 was the introduction of a lot of things. And so I don't think you're going to get team-ups in the in the introduction of storylines. There's a lot of people that can team-up going forward, which I can already kind of mm-hmm. you know ship here or now, but... And I, th- I think that's the thing, too, is a lot of people, when they say team-ups, they're wanting, like, Marvel, like, in-game, like, level team-ups or Infinity War level Civil War, um, yeah, Hulk and the, Thor, you know, just all sorts of different things. Those only happen in major comic lines, though, most of the time. Most yeah. of the time, the, com- the heroes team up, and honestly, in most movies, you have at least one or two heroes teaming up in yeah. just about every movie you have. It's this just, isn't going to make a whole lot of sense, but Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, I mean, like, that's a, that's a team-up. That, that whole show was its own thing. Yeah. You know, people complain. You you got Loki and Loki, you know, mm-hmm. man and woman. But you know, there's a lot of they they twisted it and put it on its side for a lot of this, and which is a lot of people complain about Phase Five because of its disconnect from the Infinity Saga. But I've liked what a good bit of it has done. It's taken it, it's a struggle because we don't see where it's going yet give it five, ten years like we did the last one and just wait and see what happens. It's probably going to only take five years because they got so much more content coming out. Yeah. And yes, you can hate it or not, you know, hit or miss. You can uh, think that it's, that you're underwhelmed by those characters. You can think all these things that these people are complaining about, but yeah, it's, it's really just what are you willing to be open-minded with what they're going to do going forward? True. Or do you want to learn something new? Yeah. I, I think for me, it's like a situation where I can look at, the first four phases, that's up through in-game, right? Or through Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. Okay. Nope. Yeah. Right? Or, or is far, this Spider-Man Far From Home? This no. was the end of Phase 4. Yeah, that's the end of Phase 4, Spider-Man Far From Home, right? Because that was the one with Mysterio? Came out right no, after this the is, end, right? Is this, this is the end of Phase 4. Okay, that's what I thought, and you said earlier the end of Phase 5. Did I, I say like, Phase 5? My bad, my bad, my bad. Um, okay, well, anyway, I would say those movies up to Spider-Man Homecoming, I liked 95% of what I saw. Yeah. This phase, I've liked, and, and like I said, it's not like it's this is a terrible phase. I would say I've probably liked about 80% of what I saw. So it's not quite as much, but I still like a lot of the stuff I've seen. Mm-hmm. I have problems with some of the things. Like, I, I uh, WandaVision wasn't my favorite, but it was pretty good. It was still good. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier, I don't even think I've finished that series to be truly honest Ooh. with you um uh I, I may have but i don't even know if i finished that series um but loki i loved you know um think about it when thor came out what were we talking about they had more content in this one phase than they the, did in like all the other three phases mm-hmm. combined and, and so yeah that, it is too many releases mm-hmm. it's it's many releases whether or not you think it's too many or not enough like that's mm-hmm. up to you but 
Well, of that list you just gave me, I can I can argue with just about every one. Be like, yeah, I could see that oh, some way, yeah. some way the other. But but that one right there, it, it, that is maybe one of the key problems. Is they've just it's just you know the candy's not as good when you get it all the time. But you just said eighty percent, and that's an enormous number for eighty percent. A great number. The amount of that content. Agreed. And so, yeah, and that, that's why I'm saying, even though I don't like it as much, I still like this this stuff. There's just you know a few things here and there that I'm just eh. so. The last thing on that list was the great characters are gone. And that's, you know, one of my beefs that it's taken it me happens. a minute to get over, but yeah. yeah, like you said, it happens. How do you, how do you not move forward? You know, real realistically, let's think about it. We have Captain America gone. We have Iron Man gone. Yeah. We have Black Panther gone. Two of those, well, two of those by design. Other than that, uh, we still got Hulk. We still got Thor. We still got Hawkeye. We well, Black Widow died too. Oh, um, Hawkeye's done. That's what I was going to say. Like you're talking two out of the original six. Like OG, yeah. if you want to talk about that, but still at that point in time, look, we, we got to keep going forward. I, yeah. My only complaint is like, you're going to run out of your characters. That's why they're trying to start them so young. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, you know, Miss Marvel and Ironheart and, you know, these characters are truly young. And, you know, even uh, Sima Lu that's playing um, uh, Shang-Chi, you know, dude, he's going to look young forever. You know, yeah. I mean, like, they got they got plenty of things that they can do. Well, th- this is why though, when you convert comics to live action, you have to do reboots and like three or four movie arcs. It's why Batman's been redone like six times because guess what? Batman's been around for like 76, 77 years now. So the seventy seven year Batman seventy seven years ago is not going to be the same as Batman. If you're going to put it realistically, realistically, people age. <laughs> that's all there is to it, you know. So that's why these characters. That's why it's difficult to do a story arc as long as they're doing with these characters. Cause once they were like, once you killed off an Iron Man or a Captain America, you can bring back a pseudo or a replacement, yeah. but you're never going to get that character back. Like you that's killed him I in this universe. You're never going to get it back. You can reboot, but that's, Oh, I, I don't think like Henry Cavill's a great idea. Like he is Superman. Like he is the face of Superman, but you know what I want? I need someone that can last and look like that for like 20 to 30 years and because Superman doesn't age, but you need other characters That's that you true. can bring in to make this whole thing work. You That's know, if true. you want to start with like a, uh, well, the age is just slower. He grew well, up. True. Yeah. So, but you know, if you use like, um, sparkle bat as your, you know, year one, year two Batman, you know, I mean, if it's someone that you're truly going to sign on and, you know, turn this whole thing into a thing, look, I, Downey was in it for 20 for no for 10 years. I mean, you watched him age. That was a rough 10 years, but he didn't start life as a 20 year old. He wasn't very young whenever he started out. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, so, I mean, he wasn't a young whippersnapper when he got the role. Cause I remember watching uh, Robert Downey Jr. And shit when I was younger, like Mm -hmm. thinking about he was an amazing actor and then he had his huge downfall and then he made a huge comeback. So, so yeah, that's it. I mean, that's, it was just something I was thinking about when you know we talk about these these phases where we're at, and you know, especially if this is the end of phase four, excuse me, phase four, not phase five. Uh, then I'm curious because I think phase five has a lot of potential. Yeah. I think we're going to be um, plagued by a lot of these same problems until we start to see the picture come together. I think until people see X Men and Fantastic Four on screen, they're gonna a lot of people are going to be upset, and until they see that, and you know, if that's what people want, you're going to get least- that. I think that's what you're going to get the next time around, unfortunately. Very possibly. Yeah, very, very possibly. And the thing is, if that's what people want, then that's cool. They're cool to want that. But, you know, it doesn't mean what you're getting is not great. Look, 
watch the stuff. Watch the Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Watch the DC stuff. I may not like all of it, and I may not agree with all of it, but I'm going to at least give it a chance, and there's going to be something in there that's going to connect to, especially in Marvel. It's going to connect. I wouldn't say FDC, but in Marvel, it's going to connect to everything else. So it's somewhat important you see it. Um, and, and, you know, it's people putting forth effort to, to do something here. So even if you don't like it, it can still be a big part of the story. Hell yeah. You should give it a chance. So. All right, man. I think that's it. My beers are empty, and so is my note page. So let's wrap this thing up. Tune in next week for more Black Panther yeah. talk from Sarah. <laughs> ba- yeah, basically, yeah. So we're going to come back next week. We're going to continue these shows. I'm sure Sarah's going to talk about Black Panther. Uh, there will be some kind of news that comes out between now and then. But uh, between now and then, check us out. Uh, come check out the YouTube video. We post it on the YouTube channel. Give us a like. Give us a share. Subscribe. Write a comment in the comment section. That helps the algorithms, too. Or if you just want to listen to the audio section, just check that out. Idiopod, any audio podcatcher of your choice. I'll drop this show here in about an hour. Um, and then throughout the week, I'll be putting out small segments of the show so that we don't have to listen to the whole thing, which you can hear just a little bit about what we're talking about on each topic. And maybe it'll draw you to the show. Come check out the whole thing. But we're here every week, Fridays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, except for this week, we're on Saturdays because sometimes we change it up a little bit. What's that? Right here. Oh, yeah, right here. I thought you, you were pointing your name. I was like, Ross? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right here. <laughs> right here. But yeah, uh, you know, and we'll let you know if we do that, but generally it's going to be on Friday. So uh, until next week, y'all keep having. Later. Do it again. Always.